welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Bassett, bringing you the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What up, webheads? Along with Ryan Griffin, Paul Roshan, I'm Matt Bass, and welcome to Sports Carnage. Two men down this week, AJ Riley, Dylan Bear. Uh, miss you. Get you guys next week, hopefully. We jump right onto the gridiron, where all three of our teams had squeaked by. Michigan State squeaked by Rutgers. Michigan squeaked. Yeah, yeah. Did they really? I Michigan State squeaked played. by Nebraska. Michigan squeaked by Rutgers, and our Lions squeaked by with a loss, which helps our draft pick. So good job, boys. So Squeak, we'll start... squeaked, squeaked being the opportune word. The ball literally squeaked past. I heard it. Its intended target. <laughs> I heard like, just, the crossbar squeak. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> squeak. And, and there was squeaks from the Baltimore sideline of Glee. Squeaks from. <laughs> The Lions sideline of Knockley, but most Lions fans probably cheering with Baltimore. At least I was. Ryan, yes, Matt. No, I mean it's funny because you see the 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 masses on social media, and so many of them with the negativity all around. Whether it's negativity that of the team and how they're performing, or it's negativity with the people who are okay with this team not performing well right now and defending the fact that this is a new regime with pieces that are not good in the first place and they're just learning each other as far as golf. But then you've got more pieces, like us who don't want golf to stay here. There's just negativity. And I'm all positive for it because I'm happy this team's not winning right now. I like everything I'm seeing from this team. I like the new moves. I like the new position people. I like the new head coach, everything. I'm hopeful for the future but i don't want this team to win right now i'm glad they're showing effort i'm glad that they are in the games for the most part packers game not so much but i don't want this team to win right now because i want better draft picks because oh, i we want this team to be better when it's packers realistic yeah, and then we and then we didn't score uh, in the second yes <laughs> yeah we didn't okay so we were but you are if you're leading a half you are in the game Right. Second half, Them's not so much. Ended up being a blowout. I've rules. been to a Lions-Packers game where the Lions were leading with five minutes left, <laughs> and we lost by double digits. That's phenomenal, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Only the Lions could possibly do that. It's, it's amazing to me because I don't know what people expected from the Lions this year. I thought I did. Right, I really kneecaps thought, and taking out wins, apparently. I thought we were all on the same page. That this was going to be an exceptionally poor team that is bottom three in the NFL, and that we were all rooting well, for draft position. I, think I thought we, we were are. all on the same page. I think you are overestimating well, you how about stupid the, the average fan is. I, ca- I cannot reconcile. No, I'm not talking about us being on the same page. I'm talking about as a fan oh, base. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. I think you I are o- overestimating how stupid a fan base can be. Not just the Lions. I'm not taking pot shots of the Lions. All uh, fan bases are stupid. <laughs> which is true, but I don't. It's crazy. I, I just can't reconcile what I'm seeing on the field with the reaction of people. Um, we had no, we've we've played three games that we had no business being in any of them. Um, all the teams, all, th- we played, all three playoff teams, vastly superior to us. This they were be. all three playoff teams last so, year. So 
No, oh, not, not San Francisco. They should be yeah. this year too. But but hang on. But I, I understand this year. But the uh, Niners. They, they, they had the third year? pick. Ni- well, Niners were very hurt. They. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. They had okay. everyone. Oh, that's got, right. Injury. Yeah. So, everyone got hurt. All right. Well, it, sorry. It Three teams expected to be playoff teams this go. year, coming into the season. Correct. Niners, Packers, yes. and Ravens. Now, we had no business being in any of those games. The Niners, we got killed early, and whatever. The Niners are way better than us, but we showed fight. Which is cool, I guess. Some people like that. Just whatever. Garbage time. Doesn't matter. But it's what we're a bad team. I mean, especially in a fantasy world, people <laughs> like that. We Coming off a devastating loss. So, like, the Packers got murdered week one, right? They uh, really yes. needed a statement win week two. We led them at halftime. And, yes, I know we didn't score in the second half. But that's not that surprising. We suck. Like, people, we need to not forget that we suck. Everyone... The problem is when people start overperforming. When you see Cephas le- starting off the game hot as hell in Green Bay back at home in Wisconsin. Sucks. And Derek Goff looks money to start the game. Now these people have these expectations that he's going to continue to be this. But you, when you have seen time you and time high. again his time in Los Angeles that Jared Goff is not going to be this. But that's you cannot change expectation on a whim. Like I understand expectations change, but expectations need to change based on like a lot of evidence, like a lot of evidence, not, Oh, we had a good quarter of football. Maybe we're going to be something this season. It's absurd. So now I do. Yeah, you're talking get, about the average intelligence of one per- One person is smart. A group of people is dumb as hell. We did. They could all like- have IQs of a buck 50, <laughs> but when they get together, dumb shit happens. Between the Niners game and in, in the Green Bay game, we did play like three really good quarters in a row. Like better than we should have been playing. But I would say that had a lot to do with what the other teams were and were not doing. Regardless, we lost those games as we should have lost, which is good for our draft position. Then Sunday night, I I watched the Lions game at a different time than most people watch the Lions game. So my were, were timeline's a little off. No, it was on DVR. <laughs> What? Okay, so you watched it at night after it was already yes. done. Correct. Um, so it's nighttime for me. But did you know Lions, the outcome before you watched? Yeah, yeah, I did. You did, which I don't ever do. Except that is I rare really for you. Don't care. no. This is the but only. But you time don't. But don't, you don't care that much about the Lions this year. I, so what does it I matter? It's not a Michigan football yeah. game for you. I, I need to watch it so that I know what's going on. And for the couple pieces that will still be here when it matters, I want to see how they perform and how they grow, like Sewell and Hawkinson, and um, and, and they're still my team. But I just I'm not invested in the performance of the team this season, <laughs> which nobody, especially for your health, should be invested in the performance. Of this team this season, I but said I, this years ago. <laughs> oh, well, this is very can you fought me tooth and nail. I don't understand how you could be a fan. Blah blah blah. And welcome to my world, bitch. Oh, it only took two years. <laughs> this is what. <laughs> listen, when when I met Matt, I was young and impressionable and wide-eyed, and still and, full and of I, hope. Lion syndrome had not set in yet. Now that I am entering old manhood, it is. <laughs> It has dawned on me what reality is. Uh, and I don't. None of my other teams make me feel this way. None of them. Uh, it is really unique what the Lions do to all of us eventually. But no, watching that game, I was very happy until I thought we were going to win. And then I was incredibly happy the way we snatched defeat from the jaws of victory 
in a uniquely Lions way. Just the only only things that the Lions can do, like we, it's it's been a running joke for decades. Like we invent well, new ways on. to which, lose. Which which play are you talking about? Because all anyone focuses on post game is the so, delay a game that should have been called. We sack we Lamar Jackson on, on third down. Okay, so <laughs> we 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 take a two point lead. We back the Ravens are backed up. Not much time left. The clock's ticking down. Not a lot of time. Not a lot of timeouts. We get him in third down. We sack Lamar Jackson, right? Like, Lamar Jackson doesn't take that many sacks because Lamar Jackson is just playing a video game in the backfield. Like, he's Mike Vick uh, playing old school Madden. Just running around. Like, he doesn't get sacked. The Lions, of all teams, they got him down in a crucial moment. Third down, late in the game. They're facing what fourth and nineteen? Yep. Is that fourth correct? And 19. I think yep. it was fourth and nineteen. All right, fourth and nineteen. I don't know, thirty some seconds left. Sound about right? Some garbage like that. Yeah. We let. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. We let Lamar Jackson. It was an awful. It was pass. not. No, it was not an awful that? pass. Are you he dropped serious? the. He dropped the right between two defenders. What do you mean, <laughs> Matt? Do you remember what that pass looked like? I, I don't, so I'm not. I'm not gonna. I don't remember that exact pass, so I'm not. gonna Ryan, how would you describe that to pass to me? Again. He dropped it right between two defenders. No, what I'm sorry, mean? not Matt. Ryan, he dropped it. Yes, right he between did. Two defenders. If it, it looked like he punted the ball, it was incredibly, incredibly lucky. But we give up a huge fourth down pass because we're the Lions and we're not that good. Not good on defense. We give up. If they got the 19, it wouldn't have even mattered, right? We didn't give up 19 yards. We gave up 36 yards, which is, like, astounding. How do you get beat deep? You have one job. It's fourth down. You can't get beat deep. And we got beat deep by a garbage quarterback who did not even deliver a good pass. Okay, hang on. Is our secondary any good? No, they're bad. No. I said that. No, it's I, really I, not. I, I said our defense is bad. But still, that's that's pretty egregious. No, but, but, especially, but especially our secondary. But, oh, well, so you give up the play, right? But time's still ticking down, and they, they still got to run more plays. And time ticks down really quickly, like all 40 seconds of it. And How do we get the really we're like at, 42 we were at 30 at seconds down. of it. Huh? <laughs> Nothing. Stick with the time limit. You said 30 at fourth down. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about the play clock now. Oh, okay. You're talking. Wait, hang on. I'm sorry. Are you building up the delay a game? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you don't Absolutely. need to build up the delay a game. No, it's it's amazing because it's <laughs> it's just all lines. You give up this massive fourth down play. The only way they could get back in the game. Then the refs somehow still screw you in this game. Of all the things that happen, you screwing yourself. Unbelievable circumstances. The refs let 42 seconds go this by is, and just do not lose these games. Do not call a delay a game. And because they do not call a delay a game, the Ravens end up being able to attempt a 66-yard field goal. But no one's ever made a 66-yard field goal before. No one's even made a 65-yard field goal before in an NFL football game. 64 is the record by Matt Prater, who we used to have in Detroit. Game-winning field goal, new NFL record, doinks off the crossbar. Again, by the way, because NFL record the first, the first NFL the record crossbar. that's stuck forever was happen what happened for the Saints against Detroit. To beat it. <laughs> that, that you give up fourth for and nineteen, 30 you give up thirty six yards. <laughs> yep. Thirty six yards on fourth and nineteen. 
miss delay a game call because the refs have to be involved, and then an NFL record that bounces off the crossbar as time expires. Who loses a game like that? Nobody else loses a game like that. It's, it's, you don't. There's like three franchises, put, but the Lions are like top of the you list. You can't put stuff like that in movies because people will laugh at it and say that doesn't happen in real life. I mean, we've but seen it happens. that shit happen in movies. In, it happens. Should we just, it happens in to Justin, Lions. It happens to Lions fans. Saying Justin Tucker has two 60-yard field goals in his career, and both of them are to beat the Lions at the end of the game. <laughs> both of them. It's incredible. It's amazing. By the way, size up, size up Tucker for his golden jacket. Like he, he got, he got I, the ninety-nine. He will be the first kicker. Madden, that's more important. That's more. Oh, important. Is, is my boy? Is my? I think I is get my boy Morton really not in? Oh, it's disappointing. Uh, no kickers and punters. Damn, in the I whole thought Warren Anderson was in. All right. Uh, Damn. I, I don't fact check me real quick. I mean, I don't want to be. I've, Wrong. Thought there was. Podcast. I thought there was a punter in the. Ray Guy has an award named after him. Oh uh, no, he's in the Hall of Fame. Morton Anderson is. Ooh, you scared me. Yeah. He is. Morton Anderson is. He's the only. Right, yeah. All right, so there's one. Go green. In the Hall of Fame. No, there's two. Vinatieri, they're gonna put Go in. Green. No, no, hold on. There's two actually. Is it both Andersons? No, G- I don't. I don't want to say this name. <laughs> Did he kick for the Saints? I I don't, I don't, know. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't either. That's the problem. No, never mind. You, you, would know so say, you would know how to say Tom Dempsey. Oh, Jan yes. Stenerud. Yeah, that I be Stenerud. You had a hard time. Hang on. His name literally looks how it's spelled. Why? Okay, but you I don't know Stenerud? that. I don't know that. I don't have any way to yeah, verify I've, I've that. I've never heard that name in my life, but Morton Anderson's a Spartan, so good for him. Okay, Ray Ray Guy is in the Hall of Fame. He was elected in 2014. <laughs> well, it's recent, at least. All right, I'm just wrong on all counts. That's fine. No, but it was for a long time. No kickers, and like, there's. I mean, you you look at the all-time point leaders in the well, NFL. They're kickers. Like, well, they have uh, to be. you should give these guys their due. Hey, just keep Jason Hansen's noodle ass leg up. Yeah, you shut up. You, you let automatic hands <laughs> Automatic in. from We got so few lines in as it is, you take it where we can get it. That man, man held court Stenner for 30 years. Good. <laughs> I'm I'm obviously it was a different time when he played, but Stenrud, like by I don't even want to say modern standards. Like I don't I don't know how long ago he had am, to play for him to have been good. Sixty seven percent field goals under sixty seven percent. We are way off topic. Back I to mean, our which, boys. Which you, you can cut all this. <laughs> you you can cut all that, especially since kickers are in the Hall of Fame, and I didn't right. know that. We'll just we'll cut that out too. So uh, so we've heard Paul's extensive take on this game. Ryan, this was your team versus your semi recent team, thanks to Lamar Jackson. It's like a parent. <laughs> your team versus your boys. Yeah, well, that's good. We'll do that. Team versus boys. Uh, <laughs> how, how'd you enjoy the game? Uh, I I enjoyed it. I had, so I actually did want the Lions to win, and I said this first, like, before the season started. I'll root for the Lions for, like, the first four games, and then they'll probably be 0-4, 1-3, and, and then I start rooting for draft position. But with all my teams at the beginning of the year, at least the, the first couple, uh, I, I just want them to win. Obviously, I knew it probably wasn't going to happen, and this just kind of solidified it. But I'm, I'm with what Paul said, and the Lions weren't really in any of these 
game so much, right? Like the first one, they were down by 28 against the Niners. Then they didn't score in the second half against Green Bay, although they were leading at halftime, but they got you know, ran off the field. And then in this game... Yeah, they played two halves of football in two games. And then this game, you know, Hollywood Brown drops two touchdowns. And if that happens, none of this stuff that's happening later in the game even matters right. a, a little bit. So I think the Lions, uh, you know, you wouldn't say they're lucky to be an 0-3, but if you if you looked at the final scorers, you'd say they were lucky to get to that point. So I did think that the better team won. Uh, it was frustrating, you know, to, to watch Hollywood Brown drop, drop some of those passes uh, just because, you know, obviously I want to see L- Lamar succeed. But from, you know, what Paul was saying, he wanted to look at kind of who's going to be here in the future. So, you know, Swift obviously had a, had a really good game. Um, and he looks to be him and Hawkinson, like the only two weapons this team has on offense. Uh, they just utilize Swift more than they do like Jamal Williams in the uh, passing game. Um, but Williams is still a, a good runner. Um, you know, Sewell didn't play bad at all. Go, you know, Goff's pretty bad just kind of just because he's a pretty bad quarterback. Um, and I really didn't think you know the defense played well at all either. The one thing that I thought they were able to do. Um, was get some pressure on Lamar. You know, Paul mentioned the sack that they had that probably should have ended the game, um, but they had you know four sacks in in total, and the the numbers aren't going to show it. I think Baltimore ended up having like five and a half yards of carry or something. But I thought just watching it that they did a good job against um, Baltimore's rushing offense. You know, I think Lamar he only got loose for one you know like thirty yard run. But other than that, he was held to like four yards of carry, you know, if you subtracted that one run. Um, and I thought they did a pretty good job of like bottling up Latavius and, uh, and Tyson Williams and Devontae Freeman. Um, so I, I liked what I saw in that aspect. And it's more pressure than, you know, we've kind of seen the Lions get really since I can remember. Uh, so that, you know, was kind of the one saving grace of the defense. But other than that, I didn't think the defense played well at all. I thought Baltimore's game plan early on, where they were kind of stubbornly running the ball, uh, you know, benefited the Lions because I thought Baltimore did have some things in the short and intermediate passing game that were there for the taking, and they just tried to keep running. It wasn't working. And then, you know, obviously you had the, the touchdown drops, which make your defense look a lot worse if you're giving up, uh, you know, 33 points instead of instead of 19. So there were a couple things right. to like. And for me, that's going to be the theme throughout the season is just looking, um, you know, trying to take those positive spots and seeing what is applicable for the future. Um, and, you know, that goes for the coaching staff, too, because Dan Campbell made so uh, Dan Campbell had some decisions that I didn't agree with. But it is early in his tenure. And he did say that he was going to take these situations on a game-by-game basis. So hopefully in the future, he does things that at least I, I agree more with. Um, but that's really what I'm looking for, not necessarily the, the wins and losses. What reason do we have to be expecting good performances anyway? I mean, we haven't seen good performances out of this team for a very long time. And the names on this team that were brought in to make a difference are either hurt or are not making the difference and are being traded away. So I don't understand this fan base that is so up in arms about this team being 0-3 when at the end of the day, the final scores are what they are, but the Lions have shown glimpses of competency and, you know, yes, some mistakes helped along the way, especially in this last one by Baltimore. But this was the one game they were 
literally in the entire time. There wasn't a point where Baltimore pulled away. There was a point in the Niners pulled away and the Lions came back and the Lions were in it with Green Bay and the Green Bay pulled away. This one, mistakes made by Baltimore certainly helped, but the Lions were at least in this game. But I don't understand why this te- why this fan base thinks that this team should be in these games because I don't have a reason I, I think for it's it. just because they fought a little bit and I'll let um, Paul answer in a second because all I really want to say is like if all the, if all three of these games were just blowouts from start to finish, I don't think the fan base would be expecting anything. I think they'd they'd be disappointed because they want the team to win, but they'd just be like, ah, this it's a bad team, it's a rookie coach, whatever. But I think giving up the fourth and nineteen like that breeds anger in itself, and then it allows fans to say that shouldn't have happened, that was stupid, why did you do that? Um, and then they just start questioning more decisions that were made. I just this team is not good and they are giving you chances to at least enjoy the Sunday football games that you watch with them mostly Sunday but you have actual enjoyment it's not like we're getting our tails kicked in every time we walk out there and so there's no enjoyment whatsoever in the game there's not even a hope to look for and the way this team is playing you're at least getting some hope but you shouldn't take it to the point of expectations because this team is still not good at the end of the day. And I think our head coach knows that. He's saying all the right things to get them going, and I appreciate that. I love everything I've seen from Dan Campbell so far, but this is not a good football team. And I'm glad that they're giving me some enjoyment while watching their games, but you can't turn that into expectations of winning because this is not a good team. It's not, and that's – I don't know why – you would want to win these games. Like, I get the whole fan aspect, and I, you don't want to root for your team to lose, but, like, is some, what does winning it all do? Like, if we win six games this year, if we go six and 11, what does that do? It ruins our is draft that, spot, but it gives fans more hope. But does it give you hope? What hope does it? So I have hope. So, like, we, we talked about how close the game was, and it shouldn't have been, right? I mean, Hollywood had an uncharacteristically horrible game. In in his defense, he's not used to the passes he catches being accurate, so he might have just been in shock and not known what to do with them when they fell right into his hands. Uh, honest to God, it's crazy. Lamar passing the ball was way better than he normally is on against the Lions. Like, honest to God. And he had less to show for it because of guys like Hollywood having an abhorrent day catching the ball. Uh, super weird. Um, but... I am encouraged by the fact that we lost, so it doesn't hurt our draft position, but we fought. And one thing I've noticed, even if tactically he's not there yet, and he's a rookie head coach, and Ryan alluded to it a little bit, Dan Campbell making some decisions that he doesn't necessarily agree with. They play hard for him. And that is something that it's been years since I've noticed. Do you think these guys... We're playing like this for Matt Patricia. They hated him. Absolutely not. They hated him. And it's not, I don't want to go way too deep in a, oh, it it, it means the world if if you play hard for your head coach and if you like him and if you get along. But it does make a difference at any level, uh, but especially the NFL level, where you have so so many individuals that are, you could say selfishly motivated, maybe, in a way. To be able to get them to play as a team and to play for a little bit more than just themselves, which I think it is clear that this team does play even though they suck, I, I think that bodes well for the future. I think it it shows that Dan Campbell is a solid leader of men. And tactically, he might not be there yet. 
He'll have to get there if he's going to retain this job long term. Some people don't get there. Um, some notably recently in Detroit, we had Jim Caldwell and people loved him. People loved playing for him and he was a leader of men. The problem is he was clueless on a football field. He, he, he could lead the, lead the men straight to loss after loss because tactically he didn't have it and he didn't know how to run a football team. Dan Campbell will have to be able to do that at some point, but right now in this year where everybody's just kind of finding their way, the losses can pile up. That doesn't mean we're not headed in the right direction. Um, and that just makes me happy. It makes me have a positive outlook on the future because I see a path and I see a high draft pick, right? Like we might end up with the number one pick. Been saying it for months. Which is going to be what? A defensive end this year? It's not a quarterback. It'll be whoever we want it to be, baby. See, that's what I'm wondering. Whoever's there. This year is not a quarterback year. There's no quarterbacks that people are going to say, this is our number one pick. So with it being a defensive-like player or someone like an offensive tackle, is this a year where you turn that number one into multiple future picks? Absolutely. So this is this is the year that you – well, now it depends. You might fall in love with a quarterback prospect. Maybe There's Matt no Corral quarterback prospect, prospect not even in the top ten. You can, no, you can't say that. You, no, there's, you, there's you would have said that about Joe, that Joe Burrow three weeks into the... There's Yeah, there's there's plenty of guys that can get to that point. Maybe Coral... Is it Coral or is it Corral? I don't know. I know who you're talking about, though. The, 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 the Ole Miss quarterback. I don't... I don't. I mispronounce names so often. It, it's. I don't know if it's Matt Coral. It's spelled like Corral. But I also feel like that's a really weird last name. Um, but the, the quarterback in Ole Miss... Uh, if he continues to put up numbers, and he clearly has arm talent, and, and yeah, he's playing in a very quarterback-friendly system, but he could end up in that discussion. Guys like Carson Strong can end up in that discussion. Uh, the kid that Don really likes Malik from, Willis um, from Liberty. Liberty. Uh, yeah, Malik Willis. I, I'm not a big fan of him. Uh, I, I kind of look at I, I kind of look at him as poor man's Lamar, whereas uh, Matt, Don looks at him a lot more like a Trey Lance, who I love very much actually coming out. There are guys that can enter the discussion. We're not there yet. We're gonna see oh, yeah. this season play out. We got my bad. They have go they have Matt Coral at number ten. They're gonna go through the process. Um, I seen Carson Strong mocked as high as number one or two, one or two. Okay. Well, this um, one I'm looking at right now is Kayvon Thibodeau but as the right number now, one, the D end out of Cor- out of Oregon, the, out of Oregon, and he was the number one recruit coming out of high school. And then Stingley Jr. out of LSU talented. is two. Stingley Jr. to me is the number one prospect in football, not including position. Like, throw position out of it. The number one prospect, and he has been that way for me since his freshman year of college. Um, that's how good he is. When he they is, won the Natty? It, when, no. Oh, no, the year after they won, they won the, the Natty. natty when they soft. won the Natty, yeah, no, he was. He was, he no, was when they won the not natty. a freshman yet. No, it's not. Yes, he was. Maybe. He's well, a junior this year. No, that's part of his name. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. That's hilarious. The reason, the reason that, the reason I knew it wasn't is because the year they won the Natty, he enrolled early at LSU. You get a ton of bowl practice. Like you play all December, you get all your extra bowl practices when you make a bowl game. Obviously, playoffs are included in that. He enrolled early. He was not allowed to play for the team, right? Like he was not a freshman yet technically, but he was allowed to practice with the team. We are talking about a kid that is 18 years old, 
and should be not even halfway through his senior season. <clears throat> He's 20 years old. Of high school. Dude, I'm going to ta- slap you. You're ta- Oh, you're not talking about now. No, I'm talking about when he was a super freshman, before he was even a freshman. He was it's 17 or 18 years old when he should have been midway through a senior year of high school. He was playing, practicing with a defense that won a title short time later. He was the best secondary player on that field as an 18-year-old. And he um, showed it. What? Nothing. I'm just I'm seeing his stats from 2019, which is I'm pretty sure is the year they won the Natty. All right, so it he, might have been Yeah, the year he was definitely that. in school because it says he was first team all SEC that year. Yeah, okay, his freshman so was, year was the year they won the Natty. Okay, so then they did win his freshman year. Bowl practices. So he is a junior. Before that, I was right. He, Just didn't know I was right. That's true too. <laughs> no, it counts. It's fine. It's fine. You'll clean it up. You'll make it sound good. Oh no! That, oh hell no! That's staying in. <laughs> oh, whatever you want, it's fine. The year before his freshman season, though, he was in bowl practices with that ridiculously good defense. He was arguably the best player on the field. A field that had okay. NFL players all we over We are it. so far deviating from the point of this conversation. The point of this conversation is, with the Lions on track for the first pick, and the first pick is not a quarterback, so all we're talking about right now are not quarterbacks, is this the time where you, because you know this team needs to build, and you don't have the quarterback for the future right now anyway, you're not going to get it with this pick. Do you trade this pick? Can I ask you a question first? What? We do a lot of hypotheticals that'll never happen. Do you want well, to go down yeah. that road? I just want to. Know I just you, want to make. I just want to know if this is the year you think you, you, it's a good idea to trade the number one pick. I think. It, I think there's a lot of years that makes sense. If you don't love a quarterback, and I mean love, so like, you, you can't like a quarterback and take him number one overall. Like the number one pick has so much absurd value as far as like in a trade. You cannot draft a quarterback that you think could pan out. If you're using the number one pick. It's got to be a Trevor Lawrence who you think, like, you're like, I guarantee this dude is going to be a stud. If it's not, you have no business picking anybody in number one. Uh, I absolutely trade it. I I look at who I think is going to be the worst team next year, and I take their their first-round pick for the following year, plus their first-round pick this year, and whatever other goodies that I can get out of them, whether it's players or picks. Well, I mean, so most likely you're talking about the Jets or the Jaguars. Oh, well, no one else the Texans, on the same. I guess they could trade for another. We don't know what's going to happen with the Texans. But they're definitely not trading up for a quarterback, either of those teams. No, but the Texans come to mind, right? So if the Texans don't get a court, so say the Texans, says if they trade with Miami, they're getting Tua, and then they're probably not drafting a quarterback. But if they don't, Texans are going to be in line to draft a quarterback, obviously. So the Texans are a team, and they're obviously a very bad football team. So they 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 come to mind. They're the first team that comes to mind. Um, but there's plenty of options. Even though half the league drafted a quarterback <laughs> this year. But that's the thing. The These teams that drafted quarterbacks, and this is not a quarterback-heavy draft for the for the first few picks, those might be the teams that do want to make that, that trade-up to get an offensive tackle like the dude from Alabama. Um, you know, to come in, or they might need their defense. They know that it's got a problem. You know, keeping their there's, you know there's off never the field. enough quarterbacks. Though I look at look at it, look at Denver. Look at Denver's got what Teddy Bridgewater, right? And he's playing pretty well, but they've beaten three bad teams. And they're Denver's been a quarterback away since Peyton Manning retired, right? Um, look at the Steelers. Okay, the Steelers have a lot of talent. 
there. Big Ben is done. He's as done as you get. He's he's overdone. He's, as for as for the steak medium, and it, it came out burnt. That's that's Big Ben right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there are plenty of teams that need quarterbacks, and they're not going to wait. Well, right, I mean, but you're so focused on quarterback, and this doesn't seem like it's going to be a top pick quarterback draft. Well, and that's fair too. So, so maybe there's another team that covets that pick for Thibodeau or Derek Stingley Jr., right? I mean, maybe someone wants to make a big move for them. The problem is when they're not moving for a quarterback, the price tag tends to not be so high. So you want a team that's going to move to select a quarterback. But my thing is you want to trade with a team that is going to be bad the following season. Because if you trade with the Texans, okay, and you get their first-round pick this year and next year and some miscellaneous other things, they're going to suck this year. It's going to be a pretty high first-round pick. Next year, they're going to suck. It's probably going to be a top-three pick. And then you're in position to select a quarterback in a better quarterback class. Right? Plus your right. own first-round pick, which you can package to move up all the way to number one if you want to, right? Like, say say you get the number third overall pick next year, and then you still suck. You have, like, the number six overall pick. That's a lot of draft capital if you uh, need to yeah. make a move. Two essentially top like, five picks to so move up to number one. You you at that point, you can get your quarterback if you don't think the quarterback is there this season. And I would do that for sure. Because I'm not wasting the number one overall pick if I am not in love with the quarterback prospect. And I mean like even if you're in love, it's gotta be like a sure thing if you're using the number one overall pick. Right. And if, that's if clearly picking, not the case. If you're in this picking number draft. seven, okay, if you're picking seventh overall. You can take a guy that you think could be really good, but you don't know. You right. can do yeah, that. Yeah, you're not you're not wasting number one on you know. You can take Josh Allen, who has all the tools to be an MVP caliber quarterback, but at the same time you can see him busting out. You can do that at number seven. You can't do that at number one. Right. It, it's got to be a Trevor Lawrence at number one. Right. What me. about you? You want to keep the pick this year? Or you want to trade the pick? If we have number one. I don't know because I I like Thibodeau a lot, um, so I th- I think I'd rather just stay there and get Thibodeau. But it, I mean, it depends on you know obviously how much you're moving down um, to uh, as well, right? Like if a team's trying to move up from two to one or something, then they'll probably take a quarterback and you can still get Thibodeau. But uh, I do like Thibodeau and I do like getting the the best pass rusher in the draft um, because I know we just mentioned you know they had four sacks against Baltimore, but uh, pass rushing is still a very big concern for this team. I mean, as is everything on defense. And I have a question. I, I have a question because everything comes with a cost in the NFL. The salary cap exists. You have limited resources for picks, free agents. Everything you do has opportunity costs attached to it. You like Thibodeau a lot. It's an excellent pass rush. Fantastic. Freaking nature. Number one kid coming out of high school. Number one prospect coming into the NFL after three years of college. Just completely lived up to his billing. Fantastic. I think we would all agree the Lions are not going to be winning anything in the next few years. No matter what happens. Like, no matter what, the next few years, you're not contending. Right. Unless Tom Brady decides to come here for whatever reason and convinces everyone else to come with him. (laughs) So if you use the number one pick on an edge rusher, one, you're paying him a lot of money. Number one pick makes a lot of money. Judge rushers get paid a lot of money. It's fine. But 
you're not going to reap the benefits of having him on his rookie contract making 10 mil a year or 12 mil a year instead of 20. Is it still considered a lot of money when half their contract is now in Bitcoin? (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I think, I think cap wise, I think it's equivalent and that's what we're talking about. Right? So cap is all that matters to me. So you're not going to reap a lot of the benefits of having, it's not like having a rookie quarterback where a quarterback makes 30 to $40 million a year now and you got him for $12 million a year. It's an edge rusher, so you don't have that value. You're still paying him a good chunk of money, but since you're not good enough to win right now, the money that you're saving isn't that big of a deal. By the time you are good enough, now you have to, if he lives up now to his billions to and number one overall pick, <laughs> he's going to be getting 25 plus million a year by then, right? Yeah. Edge rushers. I just, to me, I don't think that's the play for those reasons. Like, I, the cap matters. Your situation matters. We're starting the clock early. We're paying this pick. It's not a quarterback on a rookie contract that we can throw into a situation where we've built a contender. I would rather stock up late first in in second in early third round picks that don't cost as much money, right? that panned out as starters at a high rate. Day one and two picks pan out as NFL starters, much higher rate than the rest of the draft. They don't make nearly as much money. If they suck, it's easier to cut them loose. It's not as big of a loss. And you didn't have the opportunity cost of using the first overall pick on them. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but if they end up being good, you still have to pay them. Like the rookie contract's cheaper. But if they end up developing into, you know, like a top five, whatever, at their position, they're still going to command a lot of money. Absolutely. But if you trade the number one pick and you don't use you don't use the number one pick on an edge rusher, and we talked about, say you trade with Houston and you get a high pick next year, and then maybe you get your quarterback, or even you get your quarterback in a couple years, now you got your quarterback on a rookie deal. Like, I, I feel like if you have the first, we don't plan, you're probably not going to have the first overall pick multiple years. Right? Like, that's not likely. So when you're in that position, you need to parlay that. You need to parlay. You need to parlay that into your quarterback. It just doesn't have to be this year. You can wheel and deal to kick that can down the road. And your roster is better by the time you get that quarterback. And then you have your rookie quarterback with a team that is more ready to compete. And this new regime looks like they already know how to wheel and deal from the looks of the last draft that we had. Way more, I have way, way, way more confidence in this regime's ability to wheel and deal on draft day than what we had before. Because, God, that was awful. I, I will say, though, all this talk about the Lions is a little depressing. Because we're just Why? talking about losing. It's all full and of hope. It's full of hope. Losing and praying and hoping. It's all full of hope. We have two. Yes, we can. In this city right now. <laughs> Don't we? Yes. Don't we, we have, have football teams winning? We have football right teams. Now? We do. Not, we not have in the city, but we have football teams winning. You're right. Close they're, not, they're not that far from the city. They're close enough. It's not that bad of a drive to either AA, especially a lot closer to Detroit than EL, but it's not a bad drive to EL either. Uh, and both of our squads are four and O and both of them got to four and O by the skin of their teeth, which makes no damn sense. Well, you know okay. Hold on. Hold teeth. on a second. 
Hold no, no, on no, no. Rutgers no, kept you your game a lot closer. You opened. You, that was you way the cast closer. With this. No, it's not. They yes, never it threatened. It doesn't matter. Point. They had two chances but to the, tie it at say, the end. If you say by the skin of your teeth, yes, it matters. They never legitimately threatened. We literally. Were, were you breathing easy that entire them. game? Were you not worried at all? I, was I mean, he wasn't worried when we Michigan State beat them. him last year. The clock was zero, zero, zero. He's like, we got it. Oh, will you stop? <laughs> we dumpstered them in the first half. We threw all over them. We did whatever we wanted to do. And then we went into shell the second half and just ran out the clock. Why? Why did your team do that, Paul? Why can't you keep I, your foot on the throat? What do you want them to do? do keep we the foot on the throat. Rutgers? Yes. Yes. Listen, I. we don't have Pump an offensive bitches from New Jersey. Yes. We don't have... Let me, let me, we have an offensive coordinator. We don't have a very good offensive coordinator. I don't think. I mean, I've been harping on this drum for a couple years now. But uh, I don't, I'm don't. i not a big Josh Gaddis fan. Um, he has a lot to prove in, in his third year. Who's talking about Gaddis? I'm talking about Harbaugh. I'm talking about the son returneth. Well, that he has all this hope and hype with. He doesn't call the why not? plays. So it's, He's the head coach. It's not him. Yeah. What do you he, mean, he why not? Why not? Because that's what you have a coordinator for. You're, yeah, what? your coordinator sucks, so why shouldn't he just take over? So uh, call some plays he... that score points more. <laughs> call some plays that score points. Uh, that, is, that is, you do want to call the touchdown play more often. I, 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 would, I would try to call it every time. <laughs> I think we should call the touchdown play more. That would make that would make a lot of sense. What does this one do? Oh, um, gets a six? Cool, let's call that play. Listen, I can't. I don't know why we went into the shell that we went into. I don't know why we call inside zone when pin and pull gap running works way better for our team. And yet 60% of the run plays we ran were Gaddis's garbage inside zone that he brought that never worked from the beginning of him coming here. Uh, his split zone BS that we get two yards in a cloud of dust, just like Bo wanted. Like I, It's unbelievable because we we have a really nice run game when we – call it in ways that it makes sense um when we're stressing the edges of the defense when we're pulling guards 20 yards out and up um things go really well and then gaddis says you know what we we've done really enough. like we've I done really enough like split zone play i really like it i think we need to run it straight up the middle here um i don't i don't get too technical we basically have Two different schemes of run sets that we use. Uh, one Gaddis brought with him when he came here and it sucked. So halfway through his first season, Harbs was like, all right, we need to implement some other stuff. And that stuff works actually quite well. Uh, but Gaddis still calls the stuff that doesn't work a lot. Um, also, it's in his contract. He's like, I got to get mine. You should tell him to stop. He doesn't believe, he, he doesn't <laughs> believe in throwing in advantageous situations. Like when it's second and six. And the defense, it could be any play. Like, you could be calling anything. So the defense is kind of, they're caught in it, right? We don't throw the ball. Doesn't matter. We're not throwing the ball. First down? Do we ever run play action on first down? No, we don't do that. Gaddis doesn't believe in that. Um, why? I mean, Jim Jim's run play action everywhere he's been. A ton. Stanford, you think San Francisco, against Michigan Rutgers is a tenure? good time to practice it, considering who you have coming up this weekend? Do I think it is a good time? Yeah. Yes. Now, it is It is out there that... So, in the first half, we actually threw more than we normally throw. Yeah. And we were super efficient. Uh, Cade was on pace for over 300 yards on not 
that like way less attempts than it should take to get to 300 yards, but enough attempts. Uh, I think he had, I don't know, 15 passes in the first half, something like that. No, never worried about losing the game. And I, I doubt the coaches were ever worried about losing the game. So maybe that was their thing. Listen, let's play it safe. Let's get out of here. Get get ready for Wisconsin. Like let's let's not show too much for Wisconsin. I mean, maybe I, I'm not saying this happened. Let's have I'm a boring second half. Of, let's hope that I'm Wisconsin is like the fair weather fans of football that think nothing happens before halftime anyway. <laughs> everything's the second half, so they're only going to watch the second half of the game between Michigan and Rutgers and go, oh, they can't throw. <laughs> but, so the thing is, we will know <laughs> in two days. We will. We we are not going to beat Wisconsin running the football. It's not going to happen. So I mean, you can you can beat them running it back on all the mistakes they make offensively if you can take advantage of them like Notre Dame but did. They're not going to make mistakes unless we score points and force them to make mistakes. You know what I mean? Like if we aren't if we, our offense isn't doing anything, Wisconsin yeah. isn't going to take any risks. Graham, they're not going to is the perfectly they're not capable be, of making mistakes himself. <laughs> <laughs> without any, he doesn't need your yeah. offense to no, scare fumbles, him into without that. Any help. <laughs> fumbles, yes. Interceptions are going to come later. The pick sixes are going to come later. You have to put them into position where they are pressing. That's what happened with Notre Dame. Like the crazy, like everyone looks at the Notre Dame game and they're like, "Wow, Wisconsin sucks. Wisconsin got killed." Wisconsin's offense gave Notre Dame all those points. Yeah, if you all you did was look at the scoreboard, that's what you thought. But their it, offense it, gave them everything. Was, their defense did what their defense is supposed so to be doing. Notre Dame had 21 points on defense and special teams. That is not including the short fields and extra opportunities that they were given. Literally two pick sixes and a return for a touchdown. And Mertz turned the ball over five times, dude. Five times. Yeah. That's not, not going to happen against us. That's not going to happen against us, though. Why not? Y'all got a good defense? Do we? Yeah. Do we? By the numbers. I We talked about this last week. I, I'm not sold on our defense. And I still see no reason to be sold on our defense. Um, I'm not saying they're bad, but they certainly haven't proven that they're good. I mean, what I do like is I'm confident that our defense is not going to directly cost us games. Um, they We play a lot of bend, don't break, which we should. Uh, we don't have the talent that we need to just shut down teams, especially good offenses. Like, it's just not going to happen. Um, if you play Washington and they're incompetent on offense, then you can shut them down. But if you play a team with a pulse on offense, I don't think we're good enough to just straight up man them up and shut them down. Uh, we have been in years past. Last year we were not. This year we still aren't. We're better, but we're not better enough. But our defense will keep us in games. We're not going to give up... 35 points in the first half like we did to Wisconsin two years ago. Do you guys remember that? Uh, no, I don't I don't put that many Michigan games in the memory banks. Oh, it's, I wish I could get it out of my memory bank. <laughs> I think it was 35 nothing, like late second quarter. If it was a, a down Brown know. defense, probably. It was rough. It was a down round defense because he's been coaching our defense for the last many years. Uh, until all he had to do was look at the scoreboard. We, we couldn't stop the run. Um, and we still haven't proven that we can do that, actually, this year, technically. Uh, Wisconsin's run game, not what it has been in the past. Uh, offensive line, definitely a step back from most of the monster outfits they've had in Madison. But 
if we can't stop the run and we can't run on them, well, that's a bad day. It's going to be a long game, guys. <laughs> that's a, a, that's a bad game. day for Michigan fans. If that's what happens, mm-hmm. if you can't stop the run and you can't get any on your own, it's more than likely a bad day for you guys. Right. If, if you play a worse game of football, it'll be it'll be really tough. Uh, Josh Gaddis has to prove that he's willing to throw early and often. That's, that's how we beat Wisconsin. And if he doesn't, then, one, he should be left in Madison. He should not have a ride home. I mean, I'm like, people say that, like, facetiously a lot. I'm not joking. Um, if I was the coach of the team and it was my offensive coordinator and I said, hey, we're going to probably have to throw the ball more than you want to this game in early on in advantageous situations. And uh, he runs the ball 60% of the time in a game we lose, like, I don't know, 17 to 7. He's not getting a ride home. Like, call an Uber, dude. I don't care. You're fired. I already, I already called Ward. I told him, do not, under any circumstances, send a car for you. Send your check to whatever address you have on file, your last one. And uh, don't ever talk to me again, buddy. Uh, that's how I feel about Josh Gaddis if if he does not prove something different on Saturday, which I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, part of me wants to think that you can't get to this level uh, and be so stupid that you don't just throw the ball against Wisconsin. So Wisconsin's pass defense isn't that good. Like, I don't want to sit here and tell you Wisconsin has a top three defense in college football. They have the best run defense in college football, but that's just part of the game. If we just throw the ball at their vulnerable secondary with our solid receivers and solid quarterback and really good offensive line, we will score points. And I know that sometimes Josh Gaddis doesn't want to do that. Scoring points is not cool, I guess. The, the narrative is, has been there that we've had play calling issues, that, that that's been holding us back, blah, 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 blah. That's never been, until Gaddis was hired, was never an issue. We had very good play calling. We had play calling that played to the team's strengths. Um, I, I have not had a problem with anything we've done play call-wise until Josh Gaddis, which is sad. Well, on the opposite side of the coin... Myself and Ryan, and especially Dylan, had plenty of problems with the play calling for the last few years for our Michigan State Spartans. And Mel coming. And Mel was coming. And we got <laughs> Mel coming. And Tuck is here now. And got them boys chopping wood. And got a team that no one expected anything from this year. Had two wins last year. And we were lucky to get them. Ranked, which I never expected to happen in the 2021 football year for Michigan State. A chance to be 5-0 with a win against Western Kentucky coming up this weekend. But to get to 4-0, we had a big game against Nebraska, who's been a thorn in our side time and time again. Even on our great teams, they were a thorn in our side. And they were a thorn in our side this past weekend, Ryan, when they gave our Spartans... Everything we could handle. And our Spartans gave them nothing back in that second half until Reed returned that kick. Because <laughs> we had nothing going in that second half until Reed returned that kick and got something going offensively in, in overtime after another great defensive play by the Spartans. 
and our Spartans are four and zero, man. Well, we didn't really have anything going in overtime either. Like we just there's one twenty three yard run by Kenneth Walker. I'll take it. <laughs> Better than just... anything I saw from Walker all day before that. <laughs> Had an hour of football before that, or forty eight minutes, whatever of football before that, and I didn't see anything from Walker until that overtime run. Uh, tough game for everybody. Thorn threw his third, first pick too. On the first drive. Right, and they got it out the way early. Got it out of the way early. So, 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 help me understand this because we, you know we we had talked about this game coming into it, and you know we had seen a very similar quarterback into Eric King with Miami and handled him pretty damn well. I would say you know outside of some secondary issues, but our line did a hell of a job. And Nebraska coming into this game, yes, had given Oklahoma everything they could handle. It's a rivalry. You expect them to bring it. They brought it and gave Oklahoma everything. But they weren't a good run defense coming into this game. So I thought we would run all over this Hornhusker defense. And that is not what happened on Saturday. No, they uh, they came to play. And we, we did not, especially not in the second half. Like, I thought we were about to lose when we were down 2013. Because uh, they scored. And then we had a possession where we ended up punting. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It seemed like all the energy was no, sapped away. I ended up putting, going three and out and punting. <laughs> and then uh, and then they obviously punted. And then, uh, you know, they, they made a bad punt. And we, we know how that went. Uh, Jaden Reed bringing the, the electricity needed to, to Michigan State. Um, but it was, a, it was a nerve-wracking game for sure. And one that you never felt good about, you know, you talked about the Ravens never pulling away from the Lions. Obviously, neither Nebraska nor Michigan State ever pulled away from each other. So it wasn't even, you know, similar to like the Michigan game where the final score was close. But you, you felt, you know, better about it because, you know, you were kind of you were kind of up all game. This was, you know, very much the, the opposite of of that. Um yeah, I mean, just a sloppy game overall, and it's kind of what we expected. You know, you weren't here on the last podcast, or not what we expected. I shouldn't say that, but uh, you know, premonitioned uh, a little bit um, on last week's podcast when we were just talking about you know are these teams a little bit overrated now, and that people are just expecting them to win all these games that you know you would see them on paper. Based on what happened the first three weeks, you'd say, oh, yeah, Michigan State's better than Nebraska and Michigan's better than Rutgers. Um, you know, and then the whole point last week was, you know, maybe the, maybe we shouldn't be so quick to count these games as just easy wins because I didn't think either school was there yet. And, no, obviously we saw Michigan State wasn't, uh, <laughs> wasn't there yet. Um, but, I, I mean, I give them overall credit for winning because I do think while – you're a better team than Nebraska. You know, it took some type of resolve and fight and grit and whatever interchangeable word you want to use to give up that touchdown, go three and out, um, and then come up with the defensive stop and then be able to, you know, obviously take advantage of the punt return, have the interception uh, in, in overtime, and eventually pull that game out. When, you know, if you look at the box score, uh, they should, they shouldn't have won, you know. If you're just looking at the box score, you'd say Nebraska definitely played a, a better game than Michigan State did. And you know, just watching it, it was a game that it felt like Michigan State um, already had lost, and then you know they're able to to kind of claw their way back and win. 
and that can be a sign of you know a, a not bad team too right or a good team is winning when you play like shit even if it is against a bad team like like Nebraska so uh, I'll take the wins any way that they come but that was not uh you know it wasn't encouraging like moving forward but it was it was a win <laughs> so well, for- when, when the pick happened I was ecstatic because I was like, all right, we're going to win this game. And then he starts running back with it. And I'm like, oh, shit, we might cover this game. And I'm all excited for the first, like, 30 yards. And after about 30 yards, I was like, dog, why are you so slow? Uh, Yeah, that was crazy. (laughs) What is happening? How are you getting caught right now? He had had blockers around him. He looked like he was golden to take it for six. I know. And and we were going to cover. And Yeah, he started to run with the convoy. And I was like, oh, the game's over now. And then you see him just like get tripped up, and I was like, "What the hell?" And then I, honestly, I thought we were gonna miss a field goal or something. I was like, "This is fucking still like this." I was all, all the way mad again. Uh, and then you know, Walker had twenty-three yard run. All right, we're good. For both teams, it is so much better to feel disappointment in a win, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. Both. I I don't know. I mean, I've, I've had a busy week, um, and you guys know I don't do sports radio anymore. So I don't really know what the pulse of Michigan State fans in general was after that game. But from Michigan fan, Michigan fans have been melting down since halfway through the second half against Rutgers, which is crazy because we played seven ama- like fantastic halves of football to start the season. Now, mind you, Michigan was not expected to be that good this season. Similar to Michigan State. Expected to be better than Michigan State, but not like super good. Coming off just a horrible season last year. I mean, that's all you can call it, right? Like Michigan had a a horrible half-season COVID year last season. So you didn't have a lot of expectation coming in. And anything good you would think would really just... It would be great, right? Like, you're ready to put last season behind you. You just want some hope for the future and and to move in the right direction. You start the season with seven excellent halves of football. You're winning games. You're obliterating the spread. Everything's great. And even the first half against Rutgers was the same. You have one half of football that your offense doesn't do much. And all of a sudden, the world is ending. It's really what it feels like for some of these people. It's crazy to me. Like, the world is literally ending to them. And I don't, I don't know how Michigan State fans feel. I feel like you guys have overperformed more than expected. I mean, uh, give or yeah. take for competition, but I'm t- a fan expectation, I guess. Is no, wrong. even with competition, fans, we're not. We were not a good football team coming into this year. We're going to I, Miami. I this, we're going to get obliterated. I want to say this the right way, though. So, like, in hindsight, we know that Miami sucks, but I feel like the fan perception is that you guys have like crazy overperformed. So, I don't know. I, I'm just curious if a game like Nebraska dampens the mood as much as it did the second half of Rutgers for Michigan. Because I don't know. That was a question. Yeah, I know. I was going to let Ryan take it because unless he doesn't have anything. Uh, win, win's a win, baby. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about for you. I'm, ta- I'm, just, I'm just trying to get a, a feel on the fan base because I don't know. I'm curious. But the reason I mention no, it is they, I mean, they were already scared for the next game anyway. So I mean that's still okay. yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's that, that's still there. The next game. Well, th- this Western game, Kentucky. yeah, because they throw the ball over the place. No, I, I honestly think that Western this Kentucky team... that has one win. 
I mean, they doesn't just matter. Went it's to Western Indiana Kentucky that has a top five offense. They throw for four. Their passing offense is, but yeah, their passing offense is off the charts, and our passing right, we'll defense talk, we'll talk about is that below the charts. Wisconsin has one win too. <laughs> yeah, but Wisconsin isn't in a borderline FCS team. It doesn't matter. One win is one win, and our team is not. We our team is not what we expected coming into the season. Coming off of two wins last year, not sure what we were getting this year. Our team was not to expected to be 4-0 after four games. I think so the I, Spartan fan base is in a state of hopeful waiting until the Michigan game. And then so that's good. In the Michigan game, they're going to see what we got. And it's going to be a better test of what we are. Because if we come out of that game with a win, then they're going to feel a lot better about the rest of the season. And don't you play Rutgers next week? I believe yeah. so. So I... I actually, I, I'm not saying like you guys are going to be in a dogfight and lose. I'm just, I think Rutgers is a pretty decent test for Michigan State to see if you guys have truly put last year behind you. And not even because you lost Rutgers last season. But I said this before the Miami game, and nothing has changed at all. I still have no idea what Michigan State is. I think they're not bad. Like, I, I feel like you've proven you're not bad. But outside of that, I don't. I, I still don't even know if you're an average team. Right, and, and the I Nebraska mean, just, game doesn't help because we don't know what either one of those teams were. Nebraska well, so is not I, a good team, but they gave Oklahoma everything they could handle. They I had a think, horrible 15 minutes against Illinois to start the year, but they haven't been terrible since. So we don't know what either one of those teams were. So us not blowing them out, us not getting blown out by them, continues to keep us in this so state weird. of questioning. I I think Nebraska's terrible, like personally. But it's just my opinion. I mean, we're going to find out. I don't think Scott Frost makes it through the season. And I think I think Nebraska's terrible. I think they're just a bad football team. They've been bad for a super long time. They've been super well, bad. Well, then how bad is Scott Oklahoma Frost's this year? Entire tenure. Um, I mean, you already know how I feel about Spencer Rattler. Uh, I think Oklahoma's a bunch of bums. Um, I do, too. I, I mean, but truly. They're a bunch of bums um, expected to make I, the college football playoff. <laughs> well, that's only because they play in the Big 12, though. If they played legitimately in any other conference, they would not. Um they play in the Big 12, so eh, they get maybe the ACC. a free ride. Not, not even the ACC. Even Clemson would beat them, and Clemson shouldn't be ranked. Mm. Um, not about this Clemson. <laughs> Clemson's pretty bad. Actually, yeah, Cle- scoring seven points a game is probably not going to get it done. Uh, this <laughs> Not that, great, Bob. You did, it, Michigan fans are upset at our offense. Jesus, can you imagine being a Clemson fan right now? Oh, my. And especially, so all the what you've had the last, I don't know, eight years offensively, mm-hmm. And what you ha- – I mean, honestly, one of – talent for talent, the worst offense I've ever seen. That's how I, that's how I would phrase it. Um, it's unfreaking believable how horrible they are on that side of the ball given what they do have in the coaching – the lauded coaching staff that they have. But we don't, we don't need to go down in the clubs in a wormhole. Um, I, I, think, I think Nebraska's a bad team, like a, a really bad team. They might not be. I was really disappointed because even though Nebraska is not considered a good team, Saturday was a big game atmosphere for Michigan State. It was, what do you call it, a stripe out? Is that, what is it called? I think it's called uh, stripe the stadium. Stripe the stadium, okay. You're striping the stadium. Uh, You're really pulling on the the woodshed moniker. You're building up this huge night game atmosphere. Um, Nebraska's been somewhat of a nemesis for MSU over the years. Uh, I want to say 
Nebraska is like seven and two against you or something, or nine and two. I don't know. This is not good. They've beaten you a lot, and especially when they shouldn't beat you. Um, the playoff season comes to mind, even though you got a little rep job in there. Um, but many times you guys have been in dogfights and been on the wrong end of nail biters against Nebraska. They are kind of somewhat of a new arrival for Michigan State. So you have this team that you don't like that has crushed your heart several times in the last decade against a coach that nobody likes. You have a night game. You have a lot of hype because you're coming off the big win at Miami. You're 3-0. and you, you look better than people expected. And your whole thing was we're going to have this crazy atmosphere. It's going to be awesome. We're going to kick the crap out of a bad Nebraska team. And then you just didn't do anything. Yeah, the interception on the first drive, your offense was lethargic. You had zero first downs in the second half. Zero. In a whole half of football, you did not have a first down. You didn't need them. That's, that's not good. That's so not good. And it took a punt return touchdown because <laughs> apparently if the punter punts it a little bit in the wrong direction – that means that nobody on the field is capable of covering the punters. I mean, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. When you were talking about the inability to return that for six, it's, and I don't know if you felt the same way. I assume you did based on the way you described it. One, I thought for sure it was going to be a pick six. He had a convoy. There's nobody around. See, defenders are falling and furling. <laughs> had, a, had a horseshoe convo, convoy, just left the whole back <laughs> wide open for someone to catch his ass. And that was the longest, like, 70-yard return I've seen in my life. <laughs> it felt like it went on for minutes. It did. It it was just, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I literally, I gathered my thoughts and I'm like, how long like, is oh, this, this football still at the fifty. <laughs> is this regulation size? Like, what? The game's over, right? Like, we covered. It's good. We're moving on. Like, he just, it just, he was just running, and he was still running, and he was still running, but he wasn't at the end zone. It was crazy. I, I don't. I, I'm not saying it because of this play. I think that play is a good example of why your secondary has struggles. You don't have team speed in the secondary, and you don't have the technique to make up for it. And you're not going to have Adrian Martinez throwing balls straight to your corners all the time. I am worried about MSU because watching that game, if Nebraska had a semblance of competence at quarterback, I think you would have lost that game by double digits. And I don't think that's crazy to say how many guys were wide open wide open and those drives ended because the quarterback did not get the ball there accurately i mean that's not that's not crazy to say right no it's not and you know we and we we did know this coming in that our secondary was especially weak still and you know we were hopeful for things to get better and they had in a lot of areas the old line got a lot better than what we had seen in the past. And the D-line has looked a lot better too. Secondary, still needs some work. When when you were talking about, you know, the, the stripe out and everything, I, I actually had a question coming into this topic uh, about the Michigan State game that I did want to ask you both because I'm, I'm not sure where I, where I lie on this. Of, you know, these are kids. These are 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. And this is the first big home atmosphere they're getting this year. It's at night. It's extra hyped. 
all that, the stripe, you know, stripe the stadium, all that crap. So was it nerves or was it we're still just not that good? <laughs> it can be both, right? It can be both. It can be a little of A and B, absolutely. I don't want to spend time hating on a 4-0 team. I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, but as we've talked about, I have plenty of concerns in this. I don't think anyone would disagree. I don't think any rational person would disagree. This team hasn't proven anything yet. I disagree they see, haven't proven anything. I, I do think – I know you don't think they're a good football team, but I think going into no, I don't, Miami I don't know. and winning that game in the way that we did, especially with the second half and just taking over in someone else's home, tell that proved something to me. I'm not sure what it proved, that you're not <laughs> but it proved that something you're not a horrible to me. Football team. You right. are better than a very bad football team. That's what it proved to me. Like That's what I said before is I, I'm pretty confident – that you're not like a bad football team. But there's a golf between bad and good. And a golf between good and great. Like there's so many levels. You you could you can still be a below average football team. Like you haven't proven that you're not. Not that, I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying what the evidence that we have today, we don't know that you're not. Because again, I think Nebraska's horrible. Um we know that Miami's not good. The FCS game was an FCS game. Who'd you play week one? Northwestern. I mean, oh, Northwestern. Week one was Northwestern. Northwestern is horrible, horrible. Um, I mean, Northwestern might not win a game like against a Big Ten team. Um, so is it the Michigan game for you, or does the Rutgers game count as proving something if they go well, into Rutgers and win? If you beat up on Rutgers, it doesn't say that you're good, but I think it says you're at least average to me. Because like, I don't think Rutgers is that bad. I don't think they're good. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't think Rutgers is world beaters. But you guys know I've been on the Shiano train since he took over the job back there. Um, they showed a lot more spunk than they had any right to last year, which you guys know. I mean, Michigan State lost to Rutgers last year. Rutgers took Michigan to triple overtime last year. Now, Michigan and Michigan State were very bad football teams last year. So it's not like Rutgers was beating the Ohio State of the world. But that was improvement. It wasn't that long ago. It was not that many years ago that Rutgers got shut out three straight games against Michigan State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Michigan beat them 78-0. to zero. I want to say Michigan State beat them like 59-0. to zero. And then Ohio State also blanked them in a three-game stretch. It's not that Rutgers team anymore. They've come so far from that. If you beat them up, if you win an easy game by 17 against them, that tells me you're at least an average football team. Would you agree with that? Uh, I would. I would. If we do something like the Miami game where it's a battle for a while and then we pull away, I will think that. If we blast them off the start and don't let up, I'm going to think we're actually a good football team. If you, if you blast them from the start, like if you, if you jump on them early and keep up with them and win by 40 points, then yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. I mean, why not? But that test will be, I don't know, end of October. When do you? When do? You, when do we play? Uh, yeah, we play the we play the last. I think it's the last, like the thirtieth or something. It's around yeah. Halloween. Michigan and Michigan State play the thirtieth. Yeah. Actually, don't you? You guys go to Indiana, don't you? Yeah. Or is that us? No, we go to Indiana. You might too, but we go to Indiana. Mixing up the schedule. You go to Indiana, but yeah. Indiana's kind of 
Yeah, we, we got we got Western Indiana Kentucky. Look great. Then Rutgers, then Indiana. Yep. Rucker, do we do we think Rutgers is better than Indiana right now? Which one of those games is more of a test? No, I think Indiana's better. Indiana's better. So then, I, it, you but guys. I mean, they're they're both be, on the road, and if if we if you win both of those games, uh, then you know you're, you guys will be tested. I mean, we'll be. If we win both of those games, we'll already be a bowl team because we'll have six wins, or I don't know if they're still doing that or whatever. Uh, but I mean, you'll be no. We'll, we'll I mean, you'll you'll be a, as long as we beat Western Kentucky too. We'll have seven yeah, wins, and I mean, you'll be you'll be a good team at that. point. No six. Will you be you great? play six games before Michigan. No, we play seven. No, we play seven. We've already before played four. Yeah. We have three more. You do that oh, math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, if but Rutgers and Indiana are right. on the road back to back weeks. So yeah. I, like if I if mean, you I, win both of those games, cool I think you know you're at least you're a good team. But I don't think they're good enough right now where you can just look at any of these games and expect them to like dog walk any of these teams. Yeah, I'm mean? not expecting that either. I you know I'm when I, when I say you know go out and blast Rutgers, I mean we jump on them by like 14, we stop them, maybe we get another field goal in there, and we're up 17 points, and we're able to just hold that lead the rest of the way. Like that to me is. We're a good yeah, football. And I, I don't think any of these games, or I don't think all of these games are going to be like nail biters. Like, there's going to be probably a 14 point win in there. But to just act like we're supposed to go into, you know, Indiana and beat them by 20 or something, like, we're not there yet. No. But any any win, you go to Indiana and you win, that's quality, right? Like, even, even though Indiana's not that good, that's still quality. You went on the road, you beat Indiana in Bloomington. That's that's a good win. I don't. It could be by three points. I don't care. Indiana's better than Nebraska. I promise you that. I mean, you, what what concerned me about Nebraska is one. I'm really down on Nebraska. Obviously, I think they're really bad. And it was a home game in in a really hyped like big atmosphere. And I and I don't think I was alone. I expected you guys to roll Nebraska, like steamroll them. Like I I did not I did not expect a game. After the second quarter, I mean, I was so, hopeful it was going to be that, but you, you know, again, these are 18, 19, 20 year old kids, and this was the I mean, first Ryan, time they were in this environment. Of course. And Ryan said it. It was like the reverse of the Michigan game. Like, Michigan pounced on Rutgers. We were up 17 points in the blink of an eye. Um, should have been 21 points. Um, and then we just chilled the rest of the game. Whether that was by design or by ineptitude, who's to say? We'll find but out this weekend. <laughs> we, we will find out this weekend. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I, it's crazy because these teams have been linked so much, right? For, I mean, so many reasons. I mean, obviously, Michigan, Michigan State, you have the rivalry. Um, both of them, bad season last year. After the first three games, they were kind of looked at as equals. I mean, they were what? 18 and 19 or something like that in the rankings after the first three weeks. Um, you mean this year? About, oh, could they? Yeah, this, this season. Okay. Um, saying, not last so it's year. Been, it's been, there's been a lot of, a lot of parallels drawn between the two teams, but I, I feel like we're still at really different places in the, in the path till we play each other is so different. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I, I talk to Michigan State fans. You guys know Alex. And then you mentioned it on podcasts. Legitimately worried about Western Kentucky. Uh, and I get it. I, I just, 
I just talked about how your secondary secondary's cheeks in Western Kentucky yeah, can throw your the ball strategy around. to your strategy to beating Wisconsin is Western Kentucky's strategy to try to beat us. So the they are going to so like, throw the ball. I look at Western Kentucky as so they're similar to Western Michigan to me. Um, Western Michigan probably better maybe. Um, I don't know similar team. So Western Michigan has a good offense. They have a really they actually. Western Michigan, believe it or not, may have the best quarterback Michigan will see this season. Well, no, nah, CJ, whoever we see from Ohio State will be better. Um, I think this is a similar game for Michigan State. And I expect a similar result. I know it's who they played and all that, but still. I mean, Western Kentucky is, what, third in the country in yards? I think in second in passing yards? I mean, that's to our detriment. That's our weakest point. Yeah, so if our D-line does not get right. there... Our secondary is in a lot of trouble. No, it doesn't make a team. They are not good at stopping the run. Neither was Nebraska coming into our game last weekend. But Western Kentucky is not good at stopping the run. So our run game should feast. Should being the key word there. They should have feasted last weekend as well against Nebraska. They didn't. I mean, Western Kentucky, 89th in the country. And it's hard when you are Western Kentucky and you don't have expectations and you don't play like a knockout schedule but not that good man i know but we still don't know what michigan state is we weren't expected to be good coming into this season we weren't expected to be four and oh at this point of the season we were lucky we might be two and two expected coming into this season at this point more likely one and three we know that you're not bad indiana all they can handle we know we know that you're not bad in a bad team Uh, a team that's not bad wins this game northwestern is Rated higher than Western Kentucky. I'm not. I mean, I mean, you're talking about Indiana, and you don't think they're a bad team. Well, Western Kentucky hung with them. No, Indiana. I don't think it, Indiana is solidly in below average territory right now, trending in the wrong direction. I just think a road win at Indiana. You don't have to win by a lot for it to be a good win. That's all. I mean, is that fair? Like, I'm not going to – you go and win that game on the road, I'm not going to be like, oh, you only won by three points. You suck. You took your business. Like, it's, that's it. Keep Take that energy. Business. Keep that energy. That's all I'm saying. I don't – I mean, <laughs> we play the week after. So, I, two two weeks? Two weeks. We got to – yeah, two we have a bye. That, we have that bye. That's the, <laughs> the bye every single time before Michigan. Um, smart. Rest up. Damn right. <laughs> Damn right it's smart. Mel knows. Worked out real well for Belichick. I don't know if the if the Brady-Belichick Patriots ever lost after a bye week. <laughs> ever? I, I, I ever. Think... Ever. No, I'm, I'm dead serious. I don't know if they ever lost after a bye week. I would if say they did, it's like once. say probably. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. 13-2. and two. In the game after a bye week for Brady yeah. and Belichick. Garbage. They're horrible. 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 <laughs> Terrible. 13 and 4. But one of the games, it's, it's the entire his career. The so the first one was when he was a backup in 2000. And the other one was when he was injured in 08. So he wasn't actually there doing his thing yet. So besides those two, they're 13 and Hold 2. Hold on. Hold on. Did you say injured in 08? Yeah. Like, you're talking about when he missed the whole season. Yes. So why is that part of his record? Because it's part of the it's part it's part of their era. 
like their record era, I guess. But um, are those the two losses? Is that I'm hearing that? Right? No, no, no. They're thirteen and four, but two of oh, those losses okay. Okay. are those All right. two. I, okay, because I was like, wait a second, then they've never lost. All right, I got right. you. I, I, I was no, that's what I, so I, I automatically subtracted those two for the reality of the Brady Belichick era. Well, that's, uh, thirteen that's and two. Good. Yeah, it's pretty, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> so you uh, know, if Mel can have that kind of record, I'm okay with it. But <laughs> as like that's. As I said, I think it's a lot to do with coaching, right? And I think uh, you give Bell Belichick two weeks to figure out how to shut down an opponent. You give Josh McDaniels two weeks to figure out how to score on an opponent. Yep. Um, you give Mel Tucker two weeks to learn how to score on the opponent. That's right. I like it. I like this grouping, Paul. I approve of this grouping. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, another question I have. Um, I thought Michigan State's offensive line played pretty poorly against Nebraska. Um <laughs> yeah, we couldn't run for shit, obviously. I thought Michigan State's offensive line performed better than expected the first three weeks of the season. Do you guys think that the offensive line we saw against Nebraska is closer to reality? Or do you think the first three games of the season are closer to reality for your offensive line? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> no, I'm going to be optimistic. I, I think the first three weeks are, are more closer to reality than the Nebraska game. I think the Nebraska game was, an, uh, I think it was partially an off night for Michigan State. And we are lucky that we survived it because generally in college football, you have an off night, you don't survive it when it's a, a similarly matched team. And I think Nebraska, I, th- I think it is an, an evenly matched team between those two. So I will take that. I do believe we're closer to what we were the, the other three weeks than we were this past weekend. Okay. God, I, I, I just, hope I'm right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it <laughs> even even in the first three weeks, uh, and I talked about this a little bit on the um, on our post game recap. And if you haven't watched it, go go on YouTube and watch it. Uh, like it, the rushing numbers look good, but Kenneth Walker is also like first in the country in like yards after contact and making people miss. <laughs> so like you know, it, the offensive line. Uh, I think the rushing numbers are better than what they played because, he, you know, if you're getting hit first, usually that's probably a sign your offensive line. At least one of them did, didn't do their job. Uh, the running back was just talented enough to make to make a miss, make them bounce off or whatever. Um, they did a better job protecting Peyton Thorne the first three weeks, but I don't know. They're, they're probably in the middle, um, like, you know, everything else. Again, I just think, you know, you're going to get inconsistency from this team because uh, you don't go from, you know, two wins to 11-win playoff contender in a year. So, even though they're better than maybe hey, 10%, we thought. baby. We're 10% <laughs> right now expected to make the playoffs. That's right. <laughs> get, get those bets in. Um, no, no, I, I, it's probably just in the middle. But I think even the first three weeks, if you were just looking at the rushing numbers, uh, you could be fooled a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I somewhat agree. I will say more of the runs that stand out with Walker breaking ankles and take, going through contact, I remember them more downfield than in the backfield. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, obviously, but the ones that stick out in my mind more are the of him, you know, just embarrassing defenders have been past the line of scrimmage. So I think I think they have they have held up better than expected. They've held up better than their predecessors over the last three years, without a doubt. So I will take the improvement. Yeah, they're better than they were uh, last year, for sure. Or the year before that, or the <laughs> year before that. 
The last couple Mark D'Antonio O-lines were terrible. See, I, I, it's just another thing. You, you just start tallying up the question marks or yeah. ill things. So you have a secondary that's bad. You have an offensive line that might not be mark. very good. Your quarterback, we don't know. He was bad against Nebraska. Hey, he looked really better than Rocky. The first three weeks. Better than Andrew Maxwell. Uh, well, that's these are low bars. All right, we need better. We need much better than that. Uh, you um, know, so give him some more time. Might be better mark. than Lewerke. Quarter. Lewerke's defense. He got broken half. Yeah, he had some terrible lines. <laughs> he had some terrible um, lines. <laughs> I, I watched it live, actually. It was the Michigan-Michigan State game in East Lansing. And Jabril came and broke it. So, yeah, that was uh, the only play he ever made. It's a shame it was against us. Oh, stop it. Will you relax? Made other plays the same game, including returning that dumbass two-point conversion. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> the dumbest thing what, I've ever seen. What was the point, let, let Mark? I what still do don't the know the point. The point was to give us two points extra. And point let, score, let baby. Jabril do his 100, 100 yard dash. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Am I misremembering? Weren't we down by more yeah. than. We, it was in and it was the yes. and it was the end of the game. Yeah, we were down it by like seven because we ended up losing by nine. We were down by seven and we wanted to go down by uh, by five. Five. <laughs> for what? I mean, for what? I mean... Th- what was the spread? Was it the spread? Was that, was that the reason? <laughs> you got... No, we were... That was the three and nine, you're right. We were probably huge underdogs. <laughs> yeah. No, it was real bad. Obviously, you guys felt bad. It's like Ryan said. Jabril didn't have enough highlights, so you wanted to give him one. Give him <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> Helping a fellow Michigander no, I, out for the NFL draft. Anyway, so... we. We don't. The secondary is bad. We don't. The O line might not be very good. Quarterback, we don't know. Um, no, I think I think quarterback. Deals. Hang on, I don't know. I think quarterback is competent. I, I I feel comfortable saying Peyton Thorne is competent at quarterback. Okay. We'll see if he's okay. good. It's gonna time will tell if he's gonna be good. But I think he's competent, and I will take that right now because. His passing, you know, he he's he's been able to show it. He showed it against Miami. He can make the passes, and I will take that with the fact that we are trying to be, you know, a, a more of a bully team with the running game. But he's being a nice compliment to the run game so far, outside of the Nebraska game. He was on fire the first three weeks. Offensive player of the week or something, right? Yeah, yeah, co. Yeah, I think the Miami week he was after like the Nebraska, after the Miami game. Week. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but, but that, but we, but we knew all this coming into the season. It was at best question marks. At worst, we were a bad team. Still, it was at best. You know, let's see the improvement that has come along so far under Mel, and we've seen some of the improvements. And you know, as the team goes on, if they can keep winning football games and become a bowl contending team this year. That's going to help confidence with the guys playing together and continuity, and, you know, they might pull off a few more surprises. Who knows? But I think at best coming into the season, it was a question mark overall for this team of what are they going to do? Are they going to get to 500, or are they going to be a bottom-dwelling team again like they were last year? Well, we know that I last couple years. We we know that I can be a bottom-dwelling team. Well, yes, we know that now. 4-0 start definitely helped fix that. 
can't be a bottom dwelling team anymore. You've already got four wins. <laughs> Although, I'm trying to think. If, if they go winless the rest of the year, <laughs> that's not good. Peyton Thorne would have to get hurt. Right? Like, that's... I you would can't think. go winless. You can't... You cannot go winless. Okay. <laughs> we will... So we will get to the picks in just a second, but I want to celebrate, and I want I want Ryan's Ryan's involvement in this celebration that the demise of James Harden has begun, Ryan, because the NBA is finally about to be calling the offensive players on all their bullshit, which means all of James Harden's free throws are gone. This man's about to shoot two a game, average 13 points a game, and go down where he belongs on the lower echelon shooting guard list. Nowhere near the top. Nowhere near (laughs) Hall of Fame numbers. All this crap that people have been stating about this bearded bastard for years, calling him a Hall of Famer already when he hasn't done dick, (laughs) but take advantage of bullshit NBA rules or lack thereof. The rules are finally coming. Real (laughs) basketball is coming back praying that traveling is going to follow up with this, but at least the player can't all of a sudden decide to jump into you and throw the ball up in the air and consider it a damn shot. He's, he's absolutely all the famer. For what? For what? For shooting a thousand free throws a season. Big freaking whoop. That's for what? I'll check the resume. Titles? Nope. Uh, how many all NBA's? Not a damn one. <laughs> and all star teams has he made? Because of the all, bullshit all that they don't call. Because of the bullshit they gave him for years. <laughs> Get the out of here. You know he still travels every time up the court. And yeah, and I'm hoping that, that follows suit. But they're not changing that. Listen, Harden isn't even the guy like targeted by this. Like, I don't care Luka, about Luca and Trey. Luka I care Dunn. about this bearded Trey oh wannabe, this imposter of a great NBA player. <laughs> well, I mean, this he's, he's going to score Matt less because he's on the Nets, so he's going to shoot less if that makes you happy. Yeah, he's going to have to shoot less because he's going to have to actually shoot the ball now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Because you know, last year he's I'm like I'm not a big Harden fan, but, but this honestly, so I I I love Matt's over the top like screw James Harden and all these frauds that can only play basketball if they're launching into defenders. Uh, I'm bothered for different reasons. I, I hate how stupid basketball and especially the NBA is in general. Um, I mean, I, I'm glad Dylan is finally on team NBA sucks. But they make everything so complicated when there's just no reason for it. It's like a DMV um, test. It helps them maintain control and fix games and all that kind of stuff. So I, I get it. Um, it is, it's easier for the refs to call whatever they want. So all they have to do, if you initiate contact after your opponent makes a move, like in, in reaction to their move, you don't get a foul. It works on defense, it works on offense, it works for blocks, it works for charges, it works for shooting, it works across the board. Like, if a guy is shooting, and then is a reaction to his shot, you make contact with him, that's a foul on you, right? Like, everyone would agree. Like, you yes. go up for the block after he shoots. The reason for the invention of the him. pump fake. That's a foul. Okay, so it's for, you initiated contact after he did a thing. Now, what they just got rid of is the reverse of that. So... The defender goes up first, 
then you jump into the defender. You're oh, initiating no, Or contact. even you did a good job with the pump fake. The defender jumped, but jumped sideways, not right into you, and you launch and you into him, it. and it's a foul on him. And it's simple because you're initiating contact after he jumped. So you initiate a contact, it's not a foul. It even works on blocks and charges, right? Like you're going down the lane. If someone is clearly in your path and you initiate contact with them, it follows offense. Oh, man, LeBron's about clear. to lose all his points you too. You, you don't have to worry. Damn. You don't have to LeBron's worry about, about to get like 10 a game. Some semantics and legal guardi- guarding position and shuffling of feet. The guy's either in the path first or contact is initiated first. Like one of those, something happens first. It's very easy to rule. It, it goes, yeah. If, if you're, but if you're running down the lane and someone jumps in front of your way and initiates contact, well, it's a block. It's very simple. You, you cannot initiate contact. Basketball is a non-contact sport, technically, right? You cannot initiate contact as a result of someone else's movement. That's it. That's fouls in basketball. That's all they have to do. It, it fixes basketball. It's that simple. Well, you don't get to initiate contact after someone else does something. Call when someone's taking three steps. Well, I'm, well traveling's not a foul. <laughs> three steps. It's a, it's a travel. You only get two. But it's not a foul. It's a turnover. It's different than a foul. It should be both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I, I was about to say that a lot of people would foul out, but they don't call traveling. So <laughs> it wouldn't tra- change anything, travel out. actually. I wish you couldn't foul out in basketball. I wish it was like hockey. I'd have way more fun. Uh, <laughs> Penalty box. In the summer yeah. league, it's like ten fouls. Yeah, you get you get a you get a foul. You're off the court for a minute. Your team's playing five on four well, for sixty they want seconds. The young kids to get it's a it's a real foul. Time. You're playing five on four for three minutes. It is really funny that you can get like so many fouls in summer league. Oh, it's great. Because <laughs> the games real, don't real matter. Basketball. It's just about seeing these guys, guys. with eight fouls playing. It's like I, this is, uh, but no, the games don't matter. It's just it's development. Uh, no, I, I hate, I really despise the NBA. Um, it's just every, they do everything wrong. And they're successful because it's basketball at the highest level. But it could be so much more than it is. Um, and I don't think any, I don't even think the most diehard NBA fan would would disagree that it can be so much better than it is. Um, and this is just another, I, I get the rule change. But you're making it way complicated than it needs to be. And not really addressing addressing real problems but whatever i mean it, it is this is i mean this is to me addressing some real problems yes they're making it more complicated by adding different variations of how the rules can be done but it is addressing real problems in the nba because this has been one of my problems with the nba all these scores are so damn high because you're giving everyone extra chances to put the ball in the basket when in before it was just nothing it was oh they got they they missed the shot and the other team takes it the other way so this helps the traveling will help a lot more if they can fix that, but this helps, and I'm appreciative of it, and I'm looking forward to seeing some of these guys who have played in the NBA their whole careers with these bullshit rules be tested on playing what is, in my mind, real basketball, even if they no, don't but travel. And the other one, too, and I don't know, because I, I, don't, I don't know if it was even addressed. So, like, something Trey does, um, Trey Young, one of his things who else would is it be? he does this – well, I'm just, I'm clarifying for the people. My he does the dribble stop thing, right? Like he'll, he'll kind of get past the defender and the defender will be chasing him and he'll just stop and pull up and the defender runs into him. 
I mean, you're, if he's stopping and pulling up for a shot, he's stopping and pulling up for a shot. But it's it's not going away. Like, this rule doesn't change that to the best of my knowledge. But it's also not okay. Because he's not stopping to go up for a shot. He's stopping to get ran into. Like, he, he's Well, that's different. And I know, I know what you're talking about. But that's different. And that hopefully is going to... I don't know how they call that. I just call it play on. <laughs> I, and that's that's another thing. I, I love that you said that. So many things in the NBA, you don't have to call a foul right. every time there's contact. Just let them play on. You don't even you don't even have to call a foul every time someone ends up on the ground. And you if they stop calling it, guess court. what? Guys are going to stop flopping like soccer players a lot more. Of course they will. They're going to they start playing actual basketball. There's no benefit. Because they're just going to have to get up and get running the other way because you lost the ball. <laughs> I mean, that's... It's only if you call it. Like, all these rules don't mean anything if you don't call it this way. And that's where I'm interested because, like, Paul mentioned the, the Trey Young thing where you have the guy on your hip and then you stop, you pull up for a shot, they, they run into the back of you, and then you get free throws. Like, Chris Paul's been doing that for years. And are you going to start calling that on Chris Paul in, like, his 15th or 16th season in the NBA? I, I don't see it happening. Uh, if it does, then... You know, good for the game, but these rules are only you know as good as the referees that that are enforcing them. Um, and that's I don't know. So for me, it's really just like a wait and see uh, to see if these are things that they that they actually enforce, or if they just you know pick like, uh, or if they just choose pick and choose spots where they're they're going to start um, calling it. Like you can try, you can probably get away with it with guys like Luca and Trey Young because they're still so young. Obviously, they're not going to be happy about it, um, and they're two of the the bigger complainers in the NBA. But you know, hopefully, in the next three or four years, they can adapt and take like those parts out of their game. But when you're looking at the older guys who've been doing this for ten plus years, I think that's where it gets tricky. And then you know, just I mean, just like other fouls in the NBA, where you're giving LeBron calls that you're not giving to like Andrew Wiggins or something. Um, I, I think you still have like that those types of issues and problems. So I'll be interested to see uh, how they call it and if they're going to target the guys that they used in their, like, Twitter explainer videos of, like, you can't do this anymore. Um, or if it's going to be something that they're really going to try and enforce for everybody. The one thing that I ask above all else, I just want to see consistency in the enforcement. Um, however they do decide to interpret this, and it is open for interpretation, to, to put it nicely um i want to see consistency and i i expect the opposite i expect a lot of game-changing nonsense i expect a lot of complaining on twitter from nba twitter and isn't it's the nba that has a stupid um ref twitter too yeah yep yeah that just absurd (laughs) nonsense where they dig their nonsense deeper and just upset more people um now, I, I think it's going to be an annoyance all year. I think it will be applied unevenly. Um, and I don't I don't know how players are going to react and change their game to it. Um, I don't know how much of an emphasis is going to be put on it. Are they going to call less traditional fouls because of this? Or are they only going to rule out the most egregious of these instances? So, like, that, that, that's if you're what, that's flailing what around into them. 
that it's just going to be the most yeah. egregious like the ones they, they saw on the video where Luca's like yeah. literally jumping into that dude four feet ahead of him falling into him yeah and that's and if and if that's it then you're not really fixing anything if if getting a guy off his feet doesn't if initiating contact after a guy is off his feet can still get you fouls in any instance, you have not fixed anything. To me. I don't know if... I, I assume Matt feels the same way, at least. Yeah, I, I'm just... I'm, I'm more in the, the wait and see. I'm hopeful for the rule, and I'm hoping that they're going to start calling it, you know, when it happens, no matter who the guy is. I don't care how long and you also play the, the Also the sticking out your leg, right? Yeah. Well, that's that that's one that they've tried to get out of there for like years, um, and I think for the most part they've done a pretty good job with the leg sticking out. Uh, like sometimes they still call it, but I see that way less now than you know you did when obviously like Reggie Miller uh, was doing it. So that one I do think is like actually in the process of kind of getting phased out. Guys are still gonna do it. Like they had the video. I think it was Devin Booker that did it. Um, but I've seen that called like an offensive foul just as many times as I've seen them give the guy like just the leg. They also, uh, not related to that, but they also made it so in the last two minutes for an out of bounds call, uh, you can only, that can only be reviewed by Coach's Challenge, which should speed up some as of the As opposed to more. them initiating yeah. it? Yeah. Because in, like, in the final two minutes, the refs had just had carte blanche to review. Like an out of bounds call if they wanted to. Now it has to be a coach's challenge, and I think coaches still only get one challenge a game, so they might not even have a challenge. Or I don't know if they'll give them one in the last two minutes. I didn't read that far into it, but that I mean, I, I would think that, they're going to end now up there eventually will be with more challenges for the rep, for the uh, for the coaches to use, like maybe like two or three, because trying to mock the NFL with that, it's a totally different world for the final two minutes of the NFL and the final two minutes of the NBA. So distant. One is watchable. <laughs> and not if you're a lines man. <laughs> All right. We Let's will have plenty of time to talk about the NBA to be a as the fan. season comes forward. You know, we're, we're coming on the cusp of it October. So we're getting there. We'll get more to that, obviously, as the season goes on. But we are full on on the gridiron right now. So <clears throat> it's time to make some picks. Uh, we're going to start with the game we kind of talked about a lot already. Uh, Michigan travels to Camp Randall. We have not won here, I want to say 12 years plus-ish. It's been over a decade. Um, it's been rough. Haven't won as an underdog ever <laughs> under Harbaugh. <laughs> so time to break some That's streaks, Paul. We beat Notre Dame. We beat Notre Dame as an underdog. It may. I guess it depends on when, on when you get the bets in, because a lot of lines have fluctuated. Notre Dame maybe by kickoff we were a one point favorite, I guess, but we were an underdog for like the whole week. Um, so maybe, but the only, the only one that nonsense. counts is the final one. <laughs> nonsense. Fourteenth uh, ranked Michigan on the road to Wisconsin, one and a half point dog. I don't know. I've been uh, trolling Paul all week about this game because I don't think Wisconsin's very good. Uh, I also don't think Michigan's too good either, so I'm just I'm going to be rooting for Michigan to lose. So I'm just going to pick Wisconsin, and hopefully my uh, my picks can coincide with each other. 
uh, I am the opposite. I am not rooting for Michigan to lose this one. I want Michigan walking into Michigan State undefeated. I want the Spartans to be the same spot, obviously, because that makes the game way more fun the week leading up to it. All the hype that goes with it when both teams have no losses. Uh, I think this is going to be a battle, and I think you're crazy if you think otherwise. These two teams uh, like the ground and pound, and Michigan's going to have to come up with some stuff to sneak out of Madison with a win. It's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough, but I think Michigan finds a way to end that slump under Harbaugh and I think they squeak out with a field goal victory over the Badgers. Man, Michigan doesn't have to find a way. The way is simple. It's Josh Gaddis calls a real football game. Uh come out throwing early and often, you win this football game. Don't do that. You lose this football game. Uh, if Josh Gaddis is good, if he is competent, Michigan wins this football game. If he is not, they do not win this football game. My eggs are in the he's not good basket. I mean, I don't. it is until proven otherwise, and it's been, we'll say two years at this point, right, of Josh Gaddis not being good yet. Um, could that change? Has there been signs? Yes. But... I haven't, he hasn't proven anything yet. So I'm going to take Wisconsin until proven otherwise. Uh, Don is on the Michigan train. Dylan actually on the Michigan train as well. Uh, AJ shares all of our fears. Um, so we're on the nasty side of history uh, is what I'll call this one in picking Wisconsin. Moving on to a really wildly curious game to me. Uh, Arkansas is ranked eighth in the country, which kind of sounds bonkers but they deserve it like they straight up have earned it they've played really good they've beaten ranked teams they beat up seventh ranked texas a&m last week they're just playing really good football uh but they're traveling to athens to take on second ranked georgia uh georgia 18 point home favorites 18 is too many for me i went against arkansas last week and it didn't work out so i'll i'll go with them this week I didn't go against the Razorbacks last week. It worked out pretty well for me. Uh, last time these two teams played at halftime, Arkansas was leading 7-5. to five, And then Georgia blew the doors off of them. <laughs> I think this Arkansas team is better equipped to keep it close. I agree that I think 18 is too much. Um, I don't think 17 is too much, though. But I do see Georgia winning this football oh, game. <laughs> but I think Arkansas does stay inside the spread. I uh, This one's unanimous. Uh all six of us. I don't... I'd like to change my picture. <laughs> you guys know I have Georgia winning the title. I've had it it's well before the season started. I JT Dandel's dick fabulous. squarely in Paul's mouth. Hey, I, only because Slavis sucks. He wouldn't Who? be able to find my mouth. Who? The, the Slavics. Slava? Slava Medvedenko? He hasn't played in a while and it was a different sport. Is it Slovis? Keaton Slovis. Doesn't even deserve to be pronounced correctly. Uh, Georgia's a fantastic team, but 18 points is a ton. I, I don't disagree with Mathis. 17 might not be like, they can be a 17 point. No, I mean, Arkansas should keep it close enough. 18 points is a lot. Arkansas is a solid team. Uh, so I, everyone, all of us agree that spread's just a little bit large for feeling good about. Uh, Cincinnati, 7th ranked Cincy, travels to South Bend. ninth ranked Notre Dame. I don't know if there's ever in the history of the world been a more overrated top 10 team as I'm looking at right now. Uh, do you guys agree? Cincinnati, one and a half point road favorites. Uh, I don't know. Give me, give me Notre Dame because I want everyone to be mad at the end of the year when they're not in the conference and they're 
undefeated or close to undefeated. I don't know what the rest of their schedule looks like. But everyone's going to be mad and yell, yelling at them to join the conference. Yearly tradition. Give me give me the Irish. <sighs> this, is a, <laughs> this one's so hard to pick. <laughs> Notre Dame has looked anemic at times offensively. The Bearcats have been impressive. Uh, it's a tough road spot going to South Bend. And I think... I think I'm with Ryan on this one. I think the Irish pull off an upset uh, at home, which is weird to say, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I can't, I can't put my faith in the Bearcats just yet. So I'll roll with Notre Dame for the, I think the first time all year so far in the picks. Oh, we have a true split and I love it. I love it. AJ is on Cincinnati. Dylan is on Cincinnati. Don is on Notre Dame. Uh, I think Notre Dame sucks. Like they're just, they're not that good, man. They're average at best, like very average at best. Um, and I think they have some straight up holes in their game. I don't know that I believe in Cincinnati that much. I just don't believe in Notre Dame at all. And I will comfortably take Cincinnati in this one. This this is really interesting game for Lions fans. Uh, because our future quarterback is playing against the number one team in college football. we got 12th ranked Ole Miss and uh, Lane Kiffin has that offense rolling. But Alabama still 14 and a half point home favorites as the number one team in the country. Uh, man, I know uh, Lane Kiffin obviously used to be the OC at Alabama. Saban pounds on his assistant coaches. I think he had him there twice. I still don't think he likes Lane Kiffin very much. He just doesn't seem like their personalities uh, r- really mesh well. So I'll take Alabama in this one, even though the uh, the big SEC spreads this year have not been kind to me. I like the hook. I like the hook enough to take the run in Rebels. I think they can stay inside 14 and a half. I got nothing more for tell you on that. Enjoy the quarterbacks. Bryce Young, Matt Coral should be a lot of fun. Uh, Alabama's going to win this football game, but I like the hook. We have another split, and I love it. AJ and Dylan joining with Ryan on the Alabama train. Roll Tide. Uh, but Don, Matt, myself, uh, 14 and a half is just too much. Um, I think Ole Miss offense is plenty good enough to stay within a couple touchdowns of Alabama. Uh, Western Kentucky travels to 17th-ranked Michigan State. 11-point uh, favorites given... I mean, this it feels like we're at a crossroads here. Like, Vegas <laughs> Vegas is right in between. Like, you kind of should expect to pound this team, but people have concerns with the passing game in your secondary. 11 points is a super weird number to me. So it's, a, it's another home night game. Give me 41-24, where maybe that score isn't indicative of how close it is. But I think we can uh, cap on a touchdown late. And give the uh, give the home night crowd a better performance than we did last week. Give me Michigan State. Hilltoppers coming in with the second best passing offense in all of college football. They're also coming in allowing almost 225 yards a game on the ground. I know it didn't work out so well for us last week with Nebraska coming in with a bad run defense. I think the real run defense for Western Kentucky is going to show up in this one. And I think the Spartans are able to do enough with that ground game and keep the offense for the Hilltoppers on the sideline enough that they will cover this spread. 
Uh, Two-touchdown win for the Spartans, the team that should have showed up last week at night will show up this week at night. Go green. I don't I don't really know what to do with this game. Go white, uh, says AJ the ghost. <laughs> AJ and Don are also on Michigan State. Uh, Dylan, Dylan is hopping on the hilltopper train. Um, obviously a bit jaded by what he saw last week. And I'm, I'm pretty jaded too. Uh, I thought Michigan State would win handily last week. I think Nebraska's a better team. Or Jesus, I think Nebraska's a worse team than Western Kentucky, believe it or not. Um, now they're probably about equally terrible. It doesn't matter. I'm just scared, man. 11 points is a super weird number. Like, it feels like they're begging you to take Michigan State. And if I'm being begged to take a team, I, just, I don't want to take them. So I'm going to take Western Kentucky, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll and see if, if those secondary concerns are that concerning. And with that, that concludes college. Very interesting college slate of games. Uh, we kick off with a much less interesting NFL game. Um, the only people watching this game are diehards of these two teams. Um, and even a lot of them probably not make it through the whole game. Detroit travels to the Windy City, three-point road dogs to Chicago. I'll I'll take Chicago. I don't think there's any way Justin Fields is as bad as what we saw last week. I guess we still don't know who started for Chicago this week. But uh, I don't trust the Lions on the road. So give me the Bears. The Bears. Well, you trust Chicago? I trust them more than I trust the Lions. They already have a win, don't they? Yeah. All right. Yeah, the Bears won week two, right? Good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, against Cincinnati. Yeah. Um... This is bad football. <laughs> so bad. So bad. It's horrible. Uh, one thing that hasn't been bad has been the Lions' defensive line effort. It hasn't been bad. And the Bears' O-line has looked really bad. <laughs> like, really, really bad. And I think the Lions' D-line could do enough to ruin this for all of us and give the Lions a win. I am rooting against the pick, but I am going with the kitties. Ryan, you are the lone dissenter not backing Detroit. Good. Which is, I don't, you're lucky, this is so lucky. Like, if there's a spot to be a lone dissenter in, going against the Lions, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, this is just how jaded we are in Chicago. Chicago actually has a good defense. Uh, but I think their offense is so horrible um, that even Detroit's defense is going to be able to handle them. Um, I'm much more scared of this if Andy Dalton were to start. Um, it would probably change my mind. Uh, I think Justin Fields is freaking horrible. Um, yeah, I think we would pick him off three times if we played. He's not a good quarterback, and he's thrust into the worst possible position. Uh, as Matt said, defensive line, pretty solid in Detroit. Chicago's offensive line, not great. Nine sacks, dude. Nine. And I mean, yeah, some of those are on Fields, but come on, dude. This is ridiculous. Um, I would have probably picked whoever was the underdog in this, to be honest, if I was getting a few points. This is bad football. I'm Honestly, I'm not going to watch this game. I, I'll probably. I won't either because there's no watch. chance it's on down here. <laughs> I'll probably end up watching it on my phone on DVR at some point over like a couple hour stretch, but I'm not going to be happy about it. I'm just going to be mad the whole time. Uh, I know a much more interesting game. Um, I think this is like low-key a really interesting game. Uh, Carolina and their surprise 
start with Sam Darnold looking really competent out of the clutches of Adam Gase. Uh, they, they traveled to Dallas. Dallas four-and-a-half-point home favorite, even though I would argue Carolina's look like the better team this year. Uh, probably no Christian McCaffrey in this one for, for the Panthers. And Dallas's offense uh, has been really good this year. So I will take Dallas in the, the Kellen Moore Express, um, the, the deck train, whatever you want to call it. Uh, give me the Dallas. Don't really love all the points, but hopefully they can win by you know six. Carolina's got a pretty good defense. Their offense took a hell of a hit last week with Christian McCaffrey going down. And that is the main reason that I don't believe the Panthers will win this game or cover this spread. You need a good O-line and some good pass catchers to really test this defense by Carolina. Dallas kind of has both right now. So I like the Cowboys at home to cover the four and a half. This is just me and Don on that Carolina train, even sans Christian McCaffrey. Um, I mean, I, I don't believe in Dallas. I don't believe in Dak. Uh, I think Carolina actually kind of decent. Uh, Dallas's defense kind of sucks. I think Darnold will continue his resurgency, and uh, four and a half points is way too many for me. Uh, I want to. This is this is a fun game to me because I have a much different opinion of Minnesota than everybody as as seen by our picks last week as I was the only one on Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota hosts Cleveland once again as home dogs. Two points this time. Uh, oh, man. Uh, I think I'll take... Ah, fuck. Is Dallin Cook playing? I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't think so. It's... But Madison was really good in Phil last week. He's a very solid backup. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to air with Cook not playing. I'll go Cleveland, although something's not right with, with the Browns to me. Um, and I think Minnesota's, uh, their fortune will uh, eventually run out. I don't think they're as good as they've shown. They might be. I just don't think so. So the Fortune will run out. The second one game. And two should be 3-0. and oh. The second game with the uh, the best, you know, with the star running back out. Give me, give me Cleveland. The Vikings have actually allowed Kirk Cousins to sling it. Captain Kirk with 40 pass attempts over it in one game, almost in another game. And that's where it's going to hurt the Browns because while the Browns are stout on the run defense, pass defense not nearly as good. Let Kirk sling it. Vikings get a win. Give me the <laughs> skull. 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 We're split again. AJ, Dylan on Cleveland. Myself, Matt, Don. Uh, Minnesota should be 3-0 right now. They horrible luck their first two games uh, to start 0-2. And then they, they beat a decent Seattle team last week. Beat them good. Uh, but Kirk Cousins looking fabulous because he's pretty darn good quarterback, believe it or not. And uh, they're slinging it. They have an exceptional set of pass catchers. They have a really good thing going on offense. Kirk is playing as well as he's ever played. Um, this team is good. This team may be the best team in the NFC North. Now, I, that's not saying a ton, but they might be. Um, this is a playoff caliber team. They're at home. They're going to be in Cleveland. Going out west to the game. I am looking forward to this week. Uh, and I know that Ryan, for different reasons, because uh, Ryan 
has betrayed one of these quarterbacks and he has taken up the mantle for the quarterback on the other side. <laughs> uh, but the Rams host the Cards in a matchup of unbeatens after the Rams whooped the Buccaneers last week. Fun fact, Matt Stafford and Kyler Murray are tied for number one in NFL MVP odds right now. For the early leader of the MVP race, the Rams are four-point dog. Sorry, four-point favorites at home. That's funny because that's what I was going to bring up. Uh, except where I looked, they had Kyler uh, a little bit higher at like plus seven hundred or seven fifty, and Stafford was like eight hundred. Uh, regardless, um, I do think I am really looking forward to this game. It's going to be a super fun one. Uh, it's in Los Angeles, and I think that home crowd has done a better job of getting behind the Rams than probably most people expected. I think I think it'll be a close game, uh, but I do uh, I do see the Rams winning by like a touchdown instead of you know j- just a field goal. Um, so I'll take the Rams in this one, and unlike the Michigan pick, I'll be rooting for the Cardinals. So I, I hope I'm wrong here. Yeah, all that Kyler Murray MVP talk is going to go very quiet when the Rams walk into the NFC Championship game with a record of 19-0. and <laughs> Matthew Stafford and this offense looks fantastic. Uh, the Cardinals have some defensive issues, uh, and I think Stafford, Cup, Woods, Deshaun Jackson, they're going to be eating up that defense the entire game. I don't know how they stop Kyler, but I think they stop him enough for a touchdown victory for our man, Matthew Stafford, and the L.A. Rams. I am shocked to be in the position I am in right now. Uh, I'm going to be the lone dissenter for the first time this week. Uh, fun fact, I was the lone dissenter four times last week on an island, and I went 3-1 and one in those games. Uh, so, unfortunately, I feel solid about this. I will say this, this number kind of scares me. I could easily see it being a three-point win for the Rams. Uh, but I have some concerns. Um, I have concerns with both the Rams' defense and how they're going to handle the Cards' offense. I, I think that's a plus matchup for Arizona. And I also have real big concerns with the Rams' offensive line against what I think is a really good defensive front for Arizona. And I know that the offensive line has thus far kept Stafford clean, but I, I mean, I've watched every snap of every game this season. I think that it's been circumstances more than talent that has been keeping both of those units, the offensive line and the defense, afloat for the Rams and not that I think they're bad units but I think that they don't have a great matchup here against Arizona and four points is a lot to me in a game that I could genuinely see them losing so I will be backing Arizona on the road in this game and I don't don't feel good about that because I I want the Rams to kill them you guys know you guys know what my goals are this season Stafford MVP and Super Bowl season but I think this is a tough one for them Monday night football. Uh, we close the Monday night football game. He's not going to have Brady and Belichick. It's, no, it's Sunday night. How is that an intriguing game at all? How is that an intriguing game? It's intriguing because Brady's going to wipe his crotch all over Belichick's face. It, what? what? It's, it's intriguing. <laughs> He's going to pull the Randy Moss in the end aspect. zone and moon the sideline. I, it's... <laughs> It is intriguing for entirely non-football reasons. Oh, that'd be so good. It is, it is It is. of no football interest to me. I will not uh, be watching I, the game. I will be watching the, the, the real game. No, that should have replaced Carolina-Dallas. <laughs> Absolutely not. Monday, 
See, Matt, before the season, insisted that these teams sucked and that there were no good Monday night football matchups. But he's wrong, because Matt's wrong a lot, quite frankly. Uh, Las Vegas has looked super solid. Derek Carr has looked super solid. Their defense has been super solid. But they're still three and a half point road dogs. Home dogs. To the Chargers. Road dogs. Home dogs. Road. There will be more Raiders fans than Charger fans in that stadium. I promise oh, you. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I'm like, I'm looking at this. I'm like, no, I double checked no, this week. But, I know. But it's a, it's a road are. game for the Chargers right. at home. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's three and a half point Harolo dogs. There you go. Yeah. I don't know. Uh... Uh, I'm not buying the Raiders this year, but because I'm not buying them, that means they're going to make me pay at least one more week uh, and start off the year 4-0 because they're playing a team that I like, and God won't let me be that happy. He'll give me one of these games, just not this one. So I'll go ahead and take Las Vegas, uh, already factoring in the, the man upstairs. Yeah, I got nothing on this one. I don't know who's winning this game. The spread's right at the right point. Uh, it could go either way. So <clears throat> to the coin! <laughs> All right. Heads for the real home team, the Raiders. Tails for the Chargers. First flip. The Raiders. Heads for the Raiders. Tails for the Chargers. Last one. Looks like we're going with the Raiders. The Raiders. AJ and Dylan are back in the Chargers. Shocking Dylan backing Justin Herbert. I know. Crazy. The man he cheated uh, on Josh Allen so. with. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. Uh, the rest of us, though, are back in Las Vegas. Uh, I like everything they've done this season. I projected. I, I thought they were going to be a good team. Chargers, too. I mean, Chargers are a good team, but you want to cover three and a half points with Joe Lombardi as your offensive coordinator? It's an uphill battle, man. It's not well, a battle. I mean, he's got a real quarterback now, according to Ryan. Uh, that's right. He, he, oh, uh, according he, to the he, NFL he, players, he's a top <laughs> 10 quarterback. He, one of the top 100 NFL well, players. I think Justin Herbert's good. But I please don't Oh, knock it off. Uh, that wraps up our picks this week. I do real quick. I gotta give the. I gotta give the numbers from last week. Um, we missed that somehow. Uh, everyone did not good last week. Uh, Don. Then why the are you giving them? The, Don was the only one. Yeah, so we gotta, yeah. we gotta at tell least, these at least. people that they ain't gonna listen to us. The the people the people <laughs> want to know the standings. At least fake it. Uh, Don at six and four was the only one in the positive. Uh, AJ at five and five, but it was a big week. Uh, because everyone else did bad, um, AJ is not in last place anymore. He's actually in fourth place. Uh, Dylan and Matt tied bringing up the rear. 15 and 25 on the season. It has been really rough. And the thing that is killing everybody is the NFL. I mean, Dylan and Matt are 4 and 11 in the NFL. AJ 7 of 8. Don 5. Selfish Don bastards Ryan, playing for the paycheck. That's the problem. 10. Don and Ryan, 5 and 10. Um, me and AJ are almost 500, at least, in the NFL. Like we're 7 and 8. We're treading water there. Um, but me and Don have been killing it in college games. And that's why we are 1 and 2. I am a game ahead of Don, 22 and 18. He's 21 and 19. Um, and the rest of you are below 500. It's not great. It has not been great this season, guys. It's And I know we picked tough games, but it has been really rough. I hope we get on much better track this season. Well, from the way the picks went this week, it sounds like half of us will. (laughs) Or we all just (laughs) trade off half picks, wins with half losses. It's all five and five. (laughs) Well, how many many picks were we three and three on this week? Like six? uh, 
It was something like that. Anyway, we'll tell you that next week. Ryan, <clears throat> do the thing. Yeah, so uh, another shout-out to the ghost this week because we didn't we didn't really bring that up, and I was kind of sad about it. Uh, and the Super Bowl halftime Th- show. There was a ghost. A ghost whispered, go white back to me. I'm pretty sure it was one of my grandmothers. What's wrong with you? So. I will post uh, that audio for the audience. They can listen themselves and come to their own conclusion. So, uh, you guys heard about the great Super Bowl halftime show. That's the second best show. We're number one. So, go check out all of our podcasts up until the Super Bowl that happens in February. And you can listen to us. You can listen to them. Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And, oh, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, Sports Cards Podcast. If you've made it this far, you already know that, though. So go listen there. Go follow Detroit Sports Nation for uh, everything else. Yeah, we should talk about a Facebook Live at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Might not be a bad idea. <clears throat> for Ryan Griffin, time, Paul Roshan, I'm Matt Bass, and we are Sports Carters. Thank you for spending a couple hours with us this week. We'll be back with you all next week. <laughs>